Hello guys and girls, and welcome to episode 122 of the F Reality Podcast. This is a weekly VR, AR and MR talk show, live streamed every Saturday on YouTube, Facebook and on Twitch, and this is all made possible by using Restream.io. You can also catch the show live in VR by using Big Screen TV. The show goes live at 7pm in Europe, 6pm in the UK and 12 midday in Central US. You can also check out the audio version which is available on iTunes, SoundCloud and on Spotify. If you have any questions, comments or feedback during the show, please put them in the chat. We'll try to answer as many questions as we can. And now of course it's time for me to introduce you to the team. First up, this guy's building up his virtual reality real estate portfolio with his very own virtual arcade, a place where the, you, you don't need quarters as all the games are free, is of course, Nathy. How you doing, man? You all right? Yeah, yeah, I'm doing, uh, I'm doing fine. I'm, uh, I'm leaving tomorrow, as, as, you, as you may know. Yeah. Uh, we're going on a business trip for two weeks to China, so it's going to be epic. I can't wait, but... Um, yeah, that's uh, that's it. So you're going to miss me for a while, I think. Yeah, of course. And is it going to be you and David heading out there? Yeah. 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 So we're going to, you know, connect with new people, check out some some cool companies working on VR stuff. Nice, nice. And you can probably give us the inside scoop on some of the stuff that's happening yeah, no, out there. Yeah, it's, it's definitely going to be some juicy stuff. Yeah, like, and I think... Stay tuned. Is yeah. Shenzhen in the net where you're going? Kind of similar to where you've been before or new new cities? No, new cities. And Shenzhen is definitely one of them. It's like the Silicon Valley of, uh, of Asia. So yeah. there is a lot of activity there. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Definitely looking forward to that. So just to be clear, you're going to be missing the next two weeks shows and then yes. you'll be back after that. Yeah. Cool. Nice one. Nice one. Looking forward to hearing more about that uh, when you're back. Next up, although this guy has a PhD and is now actually a doctor, you definitely don't want him performing your heart surgery unless you want to phallic shaped incision on your chest it's dr rowdy it's of course the rowdy guy how you doing man you're right yeah i'm, I'm all right i thought that the word unemployed was going to come into that as well but uh, <laughs> <That's> <laughs> you left that one out like <laughs> yeah that, that's the, 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 when you saw my video you probably understand why uh, why i'm unemployed now <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah why well, you ha should happy, new year, yeah, happy, happy new year yeah happy new year everyone happy new year yeah <laughs> yeah, it's it's kind of like one of those cr weird times uh, for for VR news, really. So we had to kind of scrabble some news together this week um, because it's kind of quiet indeed. over the holidays, right? But I'm yeah. sure it's going to ramp yeah, well, up. I mean, it has a reason, of course. I mean, you need to at least like once in a year you need to spend some time with your family. So uh, I mean, if it's at the end of the year, you know, so be it. <laughs> Forces you to do it. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So next up. This guy loves nothing more than a smorgasbord of weird and wonderful VR delights to sample throughout the week and share them with his audience. It's dedicated VR streamer, ZimTalk5. How you doing? Hey, good, Mike. Good. Yeah, did some grilling yesterday. Had some fun with that. <laughs> the thing is, I think if you want, if you like kind of bizarre VR titles, itch is a great place, itch.io, uh, to go searching for indie VR games in general. And there's been so many things spawned out of that. I think the first thing I remember in VR coming out of that bucket was Gorn. Um, mm. But there's so many like classic, fundamental, just bizarre titles that just start there. And then they grow and blossom into these wonderful, like in Gorn's case, gory displays of, you know, I don't know what. I don't know what you call that. <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm lost for words when it comes to that kind of crazy limb-based Gorn flower that I'm imagining now. Yeah. Are, are you are you still subscribed to Gorn Hub? 
<laughs> He's got a premium subscription. Yeah. Oh, premium. Wow. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Tea for God is another great um, little gem oh, on yeah. itch.io, which is available for Quest as well that you can sideload. And it's on SideQuest as well if you don't want to go through itch.io to do it on PC VR. Um, to be fair, though, there's a lot of trash on there as well. There's a oh, lot, yeah, of, course, yeah, there's a lot trash. of trash. Yeah. yeah. And, but that's I like kind of going through it and going like, this looks like it might be compelling that you try it. Yeah. Um, mm. We tried one game called Dire, which was like a Mad Max thing, which was all like done up in like comic book style artwork and had the uh, coolest interface. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Where it was like in uh, white, red, and, and, and black, right? You've done that as well? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I forgot the name. Dyer. Well. Yeah, really cool. Dyer. Really cool. Yeah, I, I didn't, I'd never even heard of that one before, but it reminded me of this like old um, Wii game. There was this old Wii game that they had uh, Mad they had World. Done. Mad World, that's it, yeah, which yeah. was like crazy. You were like buzzsawing through people. I mean, it was a violent fucking game. And at the time, the Wii was like a kid's platform. That's right. And then yeah. this launched like towards the end of the Wii cycle and when the Wii U was just about to come out. Yeah, it was proper brutal. I remember yeah. it, yeah. Yeah, so if you're looking for something down that street, but it's only like 20 minutes of gameplay, dire on itch.io. Nice, nice suggestions, nice suggestions. Yeah. Um, last but by no means least, myself, the host of the show, Mike from Virtual Reality Oasis. We've got a great show for you today. Some of the highlights include Vader Immortal is coming to select VR arcades across the US. Pimax are releasing an entry-level VR headset called the Pimax Artisan. Zim's going to give you the lowdown on the latest releases to look forward to next week, if there is any. <laughs> I don't know if there is. <laughs> there might be. There might be. It's going to be a surprise, so stay tuned for that. And then finally, we're going to give you our predictions and dreams uh, for VR in 2020. So make sure you stay to the end and you can join in the conversation there as well, because we'd love to know what you guys and girls think as well. But first up, let's find out what everyone's been playing this week and the highlight of the week. And first up is Rowdy. What have you been up to then, dude? I have not played a single game this week, but I have made uh, a compilation video. Like it's okay. the first time that I actually tried that uh, over the over the past year. Like all of this, all of the stuff that I did. Uh, well, the majority of the stuff that I that I did, I took like some funny moments out of that, and it was uh, actually a fun way to like celebrate the end of the year for me because it it makes you it makes you think about the amount of content that we actually go through. Mm. Uh, if you just like take a look at all of your own videos again. It's a lot of work as well, but um, I enjoyed it actually. Like uh, especially the older titles, like uh, to see those back again. It's a uh, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, it's so time consuming. So time consuming to like oh, go yeah. through all those and find yeah. little nice clips to to put together for a compilation. It's, it's a lot of work for such a small video, yeah. essentially that it'll yeah, end up turning course. out to be. Um, but that's awesome, dude. What about any any pancake games you treated yourself to over the holidays? Um, I mean, there's been like so much Steam sales and so much, you know, the Epic Games Store. There's like a, a lot of sales as well. I I think I scooped up pretty much every free game that they gave away on there. That so was amazing. I'm, yeah, it's like I think they were like maybe like twenty games in the past couple of uh, weeks that's that right. uh, that have come out on that. Yeah. Uh, and then they also gave like a like a ten euro coupon. That's it. Yeah. Uh, for your purchase, so I used that one as well. Because uh, you could get, uh, like, um, how is it called again? The, the, the Division 2 mm-hmm. uh, with that coupon mm-hmm. for, like, four euros. Yeah, wow. it was insane. Which was is insane, like, because that game is, like, normally, like, like 60 euros or mm-hmm. something. Yeah. Um, and then, um, I mean, I didn't pick up that one because I already had that one. But I picked up uh, uh, Surviving the Aftermath. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's an indie game that is uh, currently still in development. I picked up that one. 
Uh, I've picked up a Half-Life Alex. you know, it was 10% off, so I picked up that one as well, just like I said last week. And then um, I also picked up still a pancake game, uh, Shadow of War. Uh, I like ah. the original Shadow of Mordor. Mordor yeah. I think that yeah. was. Yeah. Yeah, nice. I like that one a lot. Um, really, my kind of style. And uh, I picked up a second one now as well. Haven't mm-hmm. played it yet. But nice. Loads to keep you busy. Like Eight euros. Yeah. 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 Nice. Nice. What about you then, Zim? You been playing any VR this week? <laughs> yeah. I. Uh, you know, when you, as you age, um, you hit these milestones where you're like, you know, you're old when. And I, I've got, I've got to add to that now. So you know, you're old when you wake up in the morning sore from Minecraft. Wow. So what I did was, uh, I got, I upgraded our, our Vivecraft server, made it so there's like anti grief stuff on there, and just went playing again in the quest. But the way I play is I play with uh, no, no automatic block jump. So it means that every time you hit a block in Minecraft, you have to hop physically. And playing that for four hours straight. Oh, my God. Two nights in a row. Um, <laughs> my knees now coming up and down my steps are like, <laughs> like, I feel like some rusty old dude now. But my God, I like everything, the core muscles down my back, everything's sore because you actually have to physically mine and stuff. Oh, my God. But um, I'm loving it. I'm absolutely loving it. Like it makes Minecraft like three times harder, but it makes Minecraft an exercise game. Yeah. Which is weird. And then you do that with other people, it's fun as hell. And I did that with Mixed Reality, which actually ends up looking, like, super fun. So, <laughs> yeah, that's that's been my highlight of the week. I'm going to be honest, though. When you said, like, I'm, you know you're old when, I, you know, I I knew I was old when I, like, like uh, mowed the entire lawn. And I was like, oh, this looks nice. And I was like, wait a minute. Yeah. I'm old now. Like, <laughs> I'm not supposed to like these things. Like, or, or, or when your girlfriend comes home with like a juicer, and you're like, "Yay, we have a juicer now!" And yeah. You think like, mm. or a new coffee machine. That's really exciting. <laughs> or yeah. socks for Christmas. When yeah. like, it's yeah. like, shit, this is a great present. I remember my brother getting me some some colored socks, and I was like, "Yeah, hell yeah!" And then I was like, "Hang on a second, uh oh, things have changed." Yeah, yeah. Things for me, it was like when um, Fortnite exploded, and I just didn't get it. You know, I, I, just, I was just like, I, I, yeah. I actually, I, I actually tried that one on the on the Nintendo Switch because everyone was like raving about yeah. it. I just couldn't understand no. it. Even like at that point, you know, you're you're over the hill. Then it's all downhill from here. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, cool. Um, so, what about you then, uh, Nathy? What have you been up to this week? Yeah, I also haven't played anything to be honest. Mm-hmm. I've been just chilling. Uh, I feel like January is always that month where there isn't that much going on. Yeah. Let's say in my life. Yeah. <laughs> and also uh, with, with VR because mm-hmm. everything needs to boot up again. But that's nice because then you can just, you know, uh, relax. Exactly. Although now I decide to go to China, so never mind. But <laughs> but that, that's why I'm going because in January there is not much to really do. And it, it's funny that uh, uh, in, in the YouTube scene you see everyone upload like 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 uh, mad people in in December. Yep. And then in January it's like completely dead, dead silent. Yeah. And, and to you might as well you can, you can explain why you know there's a reason why right. Yeah, because of course, uh, with Christmas, people buy a lot of stuff, and then there's more advertisements, so we can yeah. make some more too. So we work double, uh, you know, and and then then we can in January just sit back and uh, relax. That's kind of like the idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What about pancake games? Been playing any pancake games over the last week or so, or picked any up? 
Yeah, I, uh, there is one that David and I uh, have been playing a lot. It's called Tricky Towers. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you ever heard of it. It's no. uh, it's it's a game you can play on Steam, uh, the Switch, and also PlayStation. It's um, it's basically Tetris, but uh, on a on a next level, and it's co-op. So you can just battle someone else by building a tower uh, made out of Tetris blocks. But they are like physics involved so your tower could fall okay uh, and uh, like bone works yeah well yeah you could compare it to bone works uh, <laughs> tetris plus like, bone works equals the tower game exactly that's that's it's like a, a sequel to uh bone works mm-hmm. nice yeah. nice so uh anyways let's also go to the chat i think yeah. the chat is way more interesting they've than been what playing I just told you. a lot more vr than we have apparently yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah but uh we're getting there Thank okay God for we, the chat we're, we're, as 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 Zim said, we're old, so we kind of need to, you know, it takes off for us to to start starting getting into VR again. So we yeah. apologize for that, for being old. Um, so yeah, so in the chat we have Dave the Psycho. He's back, even in 2020, he's still, you know, lurking in the shadows. He played some uh, some big guns this week, like Asgard's Wrath, uh, Stormland, Half Life VR. Not Alex, no, he has no early access, sadly. Uh, and Skyrim VR, that's a, that's a variety of uh, different titles, right? Uh, then we have Robin Kester, he played No Man's Sky, Chutti Fruity, mm. Beat Saber Gosh. 360 songs, and played with Soundstage VR with his subpack, Zim. Mm. Yeah, that's a, that's a good combination. And then we have a few more, we have uh, Joshua Johnston, uh, he finally played Apex Construct, and also did some ones, sorts of Gargantua, and a bit of Echo VR. And then uh, we have GNVRS Gaming. He tried VR racing. Free to play this weekend, uh, apparently. So that's mm-hmm. that's uh, cool. Uh, and Rec Room Stunt Runner. Uh, it's a good workout. I think Zim would uh, die if he would play that. Uh, you know, if he, if, if, after Minecraft, that's just, you know, a step too, too far. Uh, Challenge accepted. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, and then uh, Serp uh, uh, got his 12-year-old nephew to play Boneworks, and uh, he said that it was one of the greatest games he ever played. Wow. And then last but not least, this is the best one. Uh, Warmark, he uh, dove into the curious tale of the stolen pets, and Zim's favorite, Airtone. Oh, Airtone! <laughs> what a game. Mike and Nathie both, wa- I think, watched me play that <laughs> and make a fool of myself. That game is awesome. Yeah. The green suit needs to come out again for that, I think. That one was brilliant. I, I don't think I ever laughed so hard. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It was like Zim, Zim Inception. Mind Especially mind. because I, I like dropped it in like a, a chat of like people unknowingly what they were going to what they were going to see. I just said, hey, you guys need to check out this game that Zim is playing. And I was like, okay. And they were like, what the... F- <laughs> <laughs> on, on, oh, that, on that point about my lovely green suit, which was actually my birthday present last year, my wife bought me a full body green suit. Um, so it's kind of my birthday suit. That's the joke. Um, and I could be naked under it. You never know. Um, this week I actually played with that with, uh, with the sub pack on, uh, with the force tube. Um, and the, the, the resulting look of having that with the green screen behind is like the sub pack is floating around in like a, like a, like an empty car, like an empty shell. It is the best way I've ever seen to show off like the true dimensions of and fit of a sub pack and the same with the force tube and together it just looks totally badass. It's a pity. My rig was was dying, um, and I did some work this weekend to fix that. But um, it's a combination I will revisit for sure. But I'll tell you one thing: you put one of those all-body suits on, your fingers are covered 
in that like slippery green material. Mm. And these become because I'm a bad bad boy and I don't use the the uh, wrist uh, straps wrist straps ever because I'm like that. Uh, they become projectiles. <laughs> <laughs> so gotta gotta stay away from you. He likes to live dangerously. I do. Yeah. yeah. Um, yes. So this week I did actually play a VR game. I feel like I'm the only well, one out of all of us wow. that did. Um, wow. But I, I hope played, it's a good one though. I well, played loads. Hang on. it was it, it was an interesting one. You play? That's for sure. You play? Um, I played uh, Last Labyrinth. Have you, have any, oh, have any of you guys heard this of one? it? I've yeah, heard it's of on it. Quest, right? Yeah. So Isn't it, it a Japanese kind of like title? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So uh-huh. it's made by a Japanese developer. Um, it's available on the Oculus Store for Rift. Uh, it's available on Oculus Quest, PSVR, and Steam, of course. Uh-huh. And it, it's weird. Like, I've never played a game like this. It's quite unusual in that it's like a seated experience. So you're bound to this wheelchair so you can't actually move you're completely strapped in and all you can do is move your head and on your head is like a laser pointer (laughs) and you've got this like button in your hand to activate the laser pointer so you can basically like look around the scene and Mm. and press the button to activate it Uh, and you're stuck in this kind of strange house and with this girl so this girl is like a japanese girl i won't say she's a school girl but she (laughs) looks young um uh, cool. This girl is like a <laughs> Japanese uh, <laughs> girl. It's not like that. Um, it's not like that. Be haptics demo. You don't need to worry. Um, but basically, you're with this. Does uh, she have big pockets? Yeah. Does she grab anything from her? No, pockets? no. Thankfully <laughs> not. Just, uh, yeah. just to clear things up, uh, Mike's uh, wife is watching uh, the show. Yeah, so. that, that's fine. <laughs> so, um, so this Japanese. No, okay, uh, other topic. This Japanese girl <laughs> is called uh, Katya. So basically, you're in this room, you're bound to this wheelchair, you've got Catcher there, and basically you can use the laser pointer on your head to point in directions, press the button, she'll walk over to it and point to it, and then you need to confirm the action by either nodding or, or shaking your head. So you wanted to activate a button or something like that, that's how you do it. And the idea is that you're stuck in this house, and there's loads of puzzles everywhere. It's kind of like escape room horror vibe to it. Yeah. And basically, you've got to work together as a team to solve these puzzles and work through mm-hmm. them. Um but it kind of has got this like really interesting vibe about it. It's, it feels like you're in a Saw movie almost uh, because the puzzles are kind of like death traps uh, in that if you get it wrong, um, the catcher and you will die some horrible, gruesome death that then gets played out for you when you make a mistake. Um, so to give you an example, like a really early on puzzle of the game is there's like a train set in a room and the train has got a, a, like a knife at the front of the carriage and you need to guide Catcher to change the connections on the track to make the right connections to then cut a rope with the train to open the next room up. But if you get it wrong, um, then, you know, when Catcher goes to press the button to activate the train, she gets locked in a guillotine and it basically like chops her head off and then the guillotine chops your head off. So it's pretty, pretty gruesome stuff. However, sounds like fun. Yeah, it, it, there there is a weird weird fun to this game because it's satisfying when you do solve the puzzles because you get rewarded with like uh, instead, of, instead of the de- <laughs> well, <laughs> instead of the death sort of animations being played out to you, you get like a little escape animation. So you see Catcher kind of being confronted by the trap, but then she escapes it successfully, and then you move on to the next room. So it's got this got this cool little reward to it. But um, I was really digging it actually, and the music is really great as well. Uh, and I played it for around two hours and sort of finished. You do get to roll credits, but there's more content after that. But the content right. after the credits is like next level hard like the difficulty just ramps up exponentially and gets really really mm-hmm. challenging so if you if you like puzzle games and you like that kind of escape room horror element and you like dying you like dying <laughs> you like japanese um, chicks 
with Japanese chicks in a kind of Saw movie-esque vibe, <laughs> then you might dig this one. But I thought Zim sounds would like actually a like very, this one. I mean, it might, it might be me, but it sounds like a very specific <laughs> niche genre. <laughs> it's, it's definitely a hidden gem. And it's so weird that at Oculus Connect, this was one of the demos that they were showing. Was but it I really? don't think anyone... You're right, they had but, poster but, boards up and everything. But I, I don't think anyone... <laughs> Anyone, anyone played noticed it. or anyone played. Everyone was like standing in line for the hand-tracking demos. But um, How strange. Yeah. I didn't even know it was there. Or was um, that the room? I'm trying to it, remember. Wasn't it the the room? Like there was that the there room? was that mobile app called The Room, which is an escape or room Or maybe game it was The Room. That I thought they were porting to VR, and that's what they were showing. Oh, okay. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, it, it, um, there was a Japanese girl in there for sure. Yeah, so. yeah. But I thought I Zim, know, maybe I, I was confused. I thought Zim would like this one. I thought this would be up your street a little bit. Yeah, it's funny. It's it's escaped me so far. Ha ha. Um, huh. But I yeah, I didn't know about it. it, it it's kind of funny because it's like covering. We should do a Venn diagram at some point. Rowdy should do this as Rowdy Science. The the Venn diagram showing each of our likes and dislikes and how we overlap. Yeah, we should we should make that an episode one of these times because I think you and I overlap on the kind of puzzle side. Exactly. Where you're yeah. better at puzzlers than I am. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> don't mention it. Do not mention Shadow Point. I still you, haven't beat it. You mastered Gadgeteer, though. Yeah, uh, that's a good I, point. I that's have never point. finished that, and I don't think I'll ever will, so... <laughs> okay! We've got one each. Um, but yeah, I, th- I thought you'd like this one. It'd be fun to play on stream as well, so if you're interested in that game, what I just talked about, that is uh, Last Labyrinth, available on pretty much everything. Um, so that is what we played this week. Let's get into some news, then. Um, the first bit of news this week is that Vader Immortal is coming to select VR arcades. Uh, I didn't know this one was coming up. Did you guys have any inkling that this was happening? Nope. No. I had a premonition. Uh, dream once, three years ago. <laughs> Might not have been related. <laughs> okay. Well, ILM XLab uh, announced that they're going to be working with location-based VR company uh, Nomadic to bring the Vader Immortal Lightsaber Dojo to pop-up VR locations and Cinemark theaters across the US. Now, players won't be able to play the single-player story mode, Uh, of Vader Immortal, so it's just the dojo section of the game that they'll get to play where you basically, if you've not played it before, you you fight off waves of droids using your Jedi skills with a lightsaber and also force powers as well, which is kind of cool. And interestingly, at these pop-up locations like this, like VR arcade locations, they're going to be using quests. They're not going to be using uh, like, you know, normal PC VR headsets, which they generally tend to use at VR arcades. Oh, okay. Um, so I've, never, of, I've never actually seen a Quest in an arcade before. No, so this is quite unique. Um, and obviously, because it's not the official Vader Immortal game, it's obviously a specific arcade version of Vader mm-hmm. Immortal that they're going to be using on these uh, these quests. Um, but different uh, from the actual main game is that you can choose a lightsaber to begin with uh, in the dojo. So you can choose lightsabers from mm-hmm. characters such as Obi-Wan Kenobi, uh, Mace Windu, and Darth Vader himself. Sorry. Um, and then, of course, you'll be able to use the Force to grab their enemies, uh, trigger traps, also, throw lightsabers. Also, uh, also, Jar Jar's lightsaber? Jar Jar. Did he have yeah, a lightsaber? He, no, that he didn't. Awesome. Are you sure? Oh, my God. I thought he was a Sith Lord. Yes. <laughs> no. He was a... He was a sh- <laughs> oh, whoa, 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 with children listening. Yeah. Children. Many children. Uh, okay, sorry, I, sorry. I, 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 uh, Auto-censored? Myself. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Cut it. Um, but also, the interesting thing is, when you play this um, across the arcades, you'll be able to compete in uh, a national sort of leaderboard as well to be like oh. the best Jedi, which is kind of cool as well. And with Star Wars being like this huge brand and also being really hot right now, especially with like the latest movie, the Mandalorian TV show, which, you know, I think a lot of us have enjoyed. And also the excellent Pancake game as well, which is um, Jedi The Fallen Order, uh, which I've been playing. I actually completed it last week as well. Excellent game, by the way. Um, 
But now with all the hype around Star Wars, I think this is a great time to do something like this because it'll entice a new audience to come in, try VR, and Vader Immortal is a solid title as well. And of course, because they're playing it on quests, you've then got that a unique opportunity at the end of their demo to say, well, you can actually buy a quest now for 399 bucks and you can play the story mode mm. at home and it's comparable yeah. experience. You know exactly what you're going to get having uh, demoed I, I, it. Actually, it, it's kind of weird that they're doing this because mm. it's like, okay, you, you now paid 60 euros per person for this arcade, but actually, if you would have paid just 330 more, <laughs> you could have had like this own experience and you could do this yourself at home. So it's not that expensive. Um, it's 9.99 US dollars per person. Oh, okay. um, and you can't okay. book in advance. You just have to turn up. Um, so it's, it's fairly cheap. I think it's pretty good to like have a little basically. demo. For, yeah. for yeah, like, yeah, for like 30 minutes to an hour? Yeah, I guess so. 30 minutes, I think, is probably about okay. right. Um, they don't give you the time here, but I, I would imagine that's the case. That's but proper it's, cheap. Yeah, that's yeah. proper cheap. I, I would imagine it wouldn't be 30 minutes for a, for a tenor. That seems too inexpensive. That's dollars, is it? As dollars, yeah, because this is only available in the US. Um, they've got six locations opening up, four across uh, California, one in Grape Grapevine, which is in Texas, and one in Elizabeth, which is in New Jersey. So yeah, if you live I, near... I suggest we send Zim in order to go and check out. Yeah. <laughs> you want to send minutes. me to Texas? <laughs> yeah. I'd love to go to Texas. I'd love to go to Texas. Please send Mike. Either. I don't want to go to Texas. Yeah. Fuck Texas. Yeah. Right, Mike, you go. Next week we expect a full report. It's, it's a, yeah. it's a, it's a Mike, funny it's your state. Turn. I'm it's all about smoke, smoked meats and guns, you know. So <laughs> I, 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 I would go to Texas for RTX is probably the one reason that would bring me to Texas. I would go to Texas just for the food. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I would just go uh, to Texas because freaking America... Yeah, you're you're already going to China, Nathy. Oh, you, right. you made your pick. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah okay. you are. Yeah, yeah, China, Nathy. Actually, is it, isn't, it, isn't it still true that if um if you've got a Chinese stamp in your passport, they won't let you in? Well, I think well, I don't think so. We'll find out. At Oculus Connect so. Seven. There's something. There's something. <laughs> I already have. A, I already have a Chinese stamp in my passport. There was something year. at some stage. I'll have to look. Might might have been back in the early 2000s, but there was something yeah, where yeah. Uh, it was trouble for you. Wow. That, 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 if that would like be a thing again, that would suck so that bad. That would suck. Yeah. No, yeah. No, that's not. That's not. Um, no. So yeah, that is uh, Vader Immortal. Uh, the dojo come into arcade so I think it's cool I think it's a good way of getting people in trying a quest try and veteran more maybe convert some people location based is good like but um, the issue with location based I know we've covered it before is just like I still that that, I'm glad they're taking an offering and then bringing it to location based that kind of seems fair Hmm. I I wish they would take more location based stuff and bring it to consumers Hmm. or home use because Mm -hmm. just the scope I just don't understand why people don't do that because there's so if you look at the population of the world and where you can get a quest and where you're supported, that's so many more people than just in pocketed cities, you know, mm. around the planet. And there's so many of us who don't live in like a metropolis where location-based VR setups are even there. Mm-hmm. Uh, you guys live in London, and that's great. You got multiple options. In Scotland, there's nothing up here. There's like zero. So, yeah. just as an example, you know, I, I'd yeah. Love to what, see that what would you change. like to see br- be brought over? Uh, oh, the thing that Rowdy and I played, definitely. Um, the Vertigo Games uh, demo, which was... Oh, shoot, what oh, was you mean the, the piratey the... one. Um, okay. Yeah. Forgot, Corsair's Curse. the name. Oh, Corsair's yeah. Curse. Yeah, yeah, Curse yeah, was yeah, yeah, really yeah. excellent. I mean, it was, it, it was to the quality level, and we've mentioned this before, but I just think there's so much. Like, even if they could find a way, if Void could find a way to bringing that experience to home, mm-hmm. even if it was just the software, but you didn't have the shaky room or lighting or something, like doing some of those multiplayer Void experiences 
even if they were half what they were, you know, it, yeah. it, it would kind of feel like Vorpexing a title, but you're like doing the same in, in VR, right? You're getting half the experience, but it still feels like if you can't physically get to one of those locations, you're yeah. never going to get to play a Void experience. Do you know yeah, which one? At I the would, same time, their entire um, business model is, is made around that exclusivity of yeah, like, yeah. you know, the experience. If they if they would like market that as like a consumer experience as well, people would try it and be like, okay, I've tried it. I'm not going to book now at the void or whatever, because yeah. it's going to be the same thing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, not knowing, of course. Yeah, it makes sense. I difference. know. I'm just, it's still commiserations. The, yeah. the one, the one experience I'd bring over to the home that I tried in the arcade is the uh, hospital horror Good experience sure. that <laughs> I tried with David. <laughs> that one. Wow. My God, that was crazy. Well, you only need a, an old wheelchair. Yeah, that's about I still it, so. I still hear his scream sometimes. <laughs> I really feel like over the years, Mike has been slowly descending into these fear games. Yeah, I told you, Mike. Like when you started getting the immersion stuff, like the accessories, I was yeah. like, I've been down this path. I know where you're going. And this is the thing: you can almost stitch it like from years like one to three, where a VR player goes. Like they start off and they try all the like stuff, and then they get into things that they never really liked in 2D games. And then they go for the peripherals and all the yeah. peripherals start catching their eye. And then they go for the hard stuff. The think, saw type games where they're sawing Japanese yeah. women in half. <laughs> so I think I can actually narrow it down because I was talking about this the other day. And this is why I think I've got this like uh, new fascination with climbing now is that in my previous life, in my old job, I used to sometimes have that fear element and you used to get that big dump of adrenaline. It used to be super exciting <clears throat> and it was kind of addictive in a way. Um, those that do dangerous jobs, you'll understand this kind of like fascination with being scared and like enjoying the fear. It's like and COPPA, I, right? It's like the COPPA thing for YouTube. It's almost the same fear. Right. Um, <laughs> so, so, so exposing yourself to that kind of gives you that feeling back again and that is, is addictive. So I think you get that from like doing something that's scary or yeah. playing a scary game. It yeah. definitely is. And I, like, I, wasn't, I wasn't into that at all, but it is a fix. After a mm. while, that adrenaline is like just something that you like. You, like you are properly scared. The, the fear doesn't go away, but what enters your blood in the veins is something that you yeah. probably don't experience another way. Exactly, exactly. I still like living. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, that is Vader Immortal. We digressed a little bit, but let's get back on track. Um, <laughs> next bit of news is that we've got some great sales numbers, actually, uh, for a couple of really hot VR games over the holidays. Uh, and this is, this is a really great indicator of how the VR market is growing right now, and I think it's, it's really great. Um, so first up is Boneworks, uh, which according to Road to VR, they sold 100,000 copies uh, in the first week after its release, which would have netted the team at Stress Level Zero an estimated 3 million US dollars. Wow, that's which is, pretty good for a pottery game. <laughs> this is incre- it's incredible. <laughs> it's incredible. And to kind of put this into perspective, like it took Beat Saber... Uh, a month to achieve 100,000 sales across both Steam and Oculus back in 2018 when they launched. Um, so it's kind of a good indication of how the VR market is growing. Uh, and there's do, you, much do, you, do you think because, like, do you think that's that's uh, because of the fact that the Valve Index is now around? Because when Beat Saber launched, the Valve Index wasn't a thing yet. Yeah, but you've also got to consider that Boneworks only launched on Steam. Um, 
you know, so that's quite impressive. Bearing in mind, it didn't is. launch on the Oculus platform, so mm. they did very well. But yeah, definitely the index has a, a lot to contribute to that. And I also think that they were super smart with their marketing. You know, they they did yeah, mostly that. I think yeah. You know, with the access to the Node YouTube channel and, and being creators and and previous YouTubers in a former life, you know, they really understand uh, yeah. influencer marketing and they really uh, monopolized on that and did some amazing videos prior to launch, which got everyone hyped about the game, mm-hmm. which totally worked. Um, so hats well, off to them. I, I, I do. Agree agree with the with the fact that that it's a sign you know the vr market is growing mm-hmm. but it's still like like probably a lot of vr developers agree with that when when i said it, it's still bloody hard in order to like just even break even when you mm-hmm. make a vr game you have like a like a few of them that do really well you know beat saber yeah. uh, uh super hot apparently as well now bone works as well you know th- those are the three you know behemoths that like pretty much dominate the entire vr market but then you know the next ones that come online they're like not even like half of what uh, what probably those behemoths are are actually getting mm. and that's i mean that's is that a good sign or is that a bad sign i don't really know that because it's, the market is pretty much what I, th- I think that's just gaming and business in general. I mean, that's, I that, that kind of a curve uh, peel off is pretty natural. Um, I would say, true. I would say but there's, there's probably only a few in, yeah. in, in VR. But that's which, because it's so we're, we're niche, right? Market. Like it's a small market, yeah. small sales base. Exactly. You can't achieve like what you if you took a cross section today of gaming and compared it to 1993 gaming, right? Mm-hmm. And you looked at the top titles. What would it have been? Probably like Super Mario Brothers or exactly. uh, Tetris but or that, something. That, you know, that's what I mean with like the 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 indication that the VR market is growing is good. But it's still a small market. It is still like small. Like, you can't compare yeah. this to, like, for example, a regular gaming or something because it, the market is so much bigger. Yeah, it's not gold, right? Like, this is not the gold rush in California. If you grab no. a, um, you know, a pickaxe dev toolkit and run to the bases of the VR mountain right now, can you make riches? Maybe, but your chances are pretty small. It's yeah. just, yeah. like, you have to still, you still have to get lucky and be skillful and, you know, oh, and and market yourself. And I think Mike makes a really good point. We're all obviously heavily biased being in that, like, influencer space. But um, it is it is a new form of media that is proving successful in a way that I think, to this point, hasn't been appropriately monetized. Mm-hmm. All, all, all you got right now in terms of a hard spine for it is um, advertiser revenue, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, I think those direct channels in the next 10 years are going to grow and change. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And also like it, it wasn't just uh, Boneworks as well. Like uh, Brandon uh, Latch from Stress Level Zero tweeted on Christmas Day stating that mm-hmm. Boneworks and Beat Saber held both the number four and number five spots on the Steam's top sellers list for that day. Right. And mm-hmm. there was six VR t- titles in total that held the top that were in the top 30, essentially, um, which, again, is really impressive to to dominate. I know obviously a lot of people are getting headsets on Christmas Day and they're buying games on that day, but it's a good indication. I think that you know the the market is growing a lot and and, and fast right now, yeah. and and then um, leading on from Boneworks is is super hot because on the 29th of December, uh, Callum Underwood, who works for the Super Hot team, tweeted that Super Hot had grossed two million US dollars in seven days, obviously across all platforms, which includes Steam, Oculus, PSVR, and Quest, all over the holidays. So. To, to net that, you know, it, it is pretty impressive for seven days worth of sales uh, of a single game over multiple platforms. It's such a smart way of also doing the Steam Steam sales, right? Because people would probably not buy the game anymore if it was a full price, but now they see it at like, you know, like maybe half price or like 75% off and mm. people just, you know, say, oh, 
you know, I'll just I'll just get it now. Yeah. Because, you know, I might not play it, but, you know, for this prize, I'm not going to leave it there. Yeah, absolutely. And, and super hot. You know, if you think about it, it's what, th- three years old now? So to to have that ramp, you know, like mm. they probably grossed more in seven days than they did this this holiday season than they did in their whole first year of launch, um, which is pretty incredible, really. Um, but I can't wait to see how Half-Life Alex, you know, affects the marketplace. And I wonder how many sales they'll manage to achieve in a week. What do you guys reckon as an estimate? Do you think you'll be able to to give an estimate as to how well, much they already sell? bought his copy, so I would say 99,999, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> I, I would say the 500,000 mark is probably achievable for them. Um It'll be that interesting. Wasn't a real guess, by the way. No, I know. Sorry, just pulling your number out. I think you're I think you're on the money. I think um uh, what what was the number for uh, what was the number for Boneworks recently? A hundred thousand, so five times that in the first week. Well, I I do think that pretty much <laughs> everyone point. with a headset knows that this game is coming out. Mm-hmm. So I I, guess I, you, I, I think, think the, I think the number would make sense it. because it's not only VR people who bought this game; it's also a lot of people who do not own a headset, and yeah. they're like, "Well, I'm, I'm just gonna mod it into a pancake game later, or whatever, right?" Or or people are like, hmm, "Maybe I should just buy it now. Maybe I get a headset. Who knows?" Everyone uh, just wants a, to I have, have a, in there. Like library. I was calling it like a VR injector. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. And plus, you have got to consider I... that everyone that has an index will get it for free as well. So I'll probably make up the numbers yeah. as well. But I, yeah. I wonder if they would. So first off, are we going to get to see that number? Um, I would. I would think it no, wouldn't be as so. high as five hundred thousand in a week. I think we would be seeing between two seven five and three two five. Okay. I think it would be, because of the again the hill effect of yeah. of. But I see what you. I mean, it will be above Boneworks. Yeah, because sure. Half Life carries the amount of clout that Half Life carries yeah. is nuts. I, I honestly think there are more people who uh, pre-ordered Half Life Alex who do not own a headset at this moment than people that do. Wow, that'll really? be interesting. It'll be it'll be interesting to see what effect that game has on the whole industry. But again, I, we've not got that long to wait now, and just a few more precious months. Oh, oh wow. My word, can't wait. But yeah, congrats to uh, Boneworks and Superhot. Amazing yeah. milestones. Um, yeah. Really amazing what you guys have achieved there. So uh, congrats. Um, cool. Next bit of news this week is about Pimax. Now, we've talked about them quite... Wait, wait. Did you have another headset coming out? You, you're you on the money there. <laughs> what? Really? <laughs> no. Well, I think we kind of touched on this previously, <laughs> maybe in a, in a previous episode of the show, but we've got a few more details now to share. Um, because they've recently announced um, what they're calling the Pimax Artisan. And this is going to be their new entry-level headset. So you've got like the 8KX, which is their super high-end enthusiast level. You've got the 5K Plus, which is kind of like going to be their mid-range now. And now you've got the Artisan, which is their entry-level. Now, apparently, this headset's announcement wasn't supposed to be until CES next week. Um, but an image of this headset, uh, it looks exactly the same as the other headsets, by the way, in that hammerhead shark style design um Mm -hmm. it was actually tweeted a couple of weeks before christmas so this is are are we still saying pcvr still pcvr yeah because i wasn't sure if you were saying like entry level like they're gonna go compete with no pico neo or something no no so this is a pcvr headset called the artisan entry level headset for pimax they were supposed to announce it next week but they 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 teased it a little bit earlier um but this is weird because they teased it a little bit earlier before christmas uh with an image of it saying that they were releasing another headset and they were teasing about the price they didn't show what the price was and they still haven't unveiled that yet but they they sort of hinted that it was going to be low priced um and even some people working at pimax didn't know that this announcement was going to go out early like they found out about it when when everyone else did um but of course announcing another headset 
upset a lot of people in the community out there because the original backers still haven't had their headsets fulfilled yet, uh, which is upsetting and controllers and base stations and that. Um, but that's by the by. What we do know about the uh, the Pimax Artisan, uh, because uh, the COO of Pimax uh, in Europe, uh, or, sorry, the US, is Kevin Henderson. He did an interview with uh, Sebastian from MRTV and provided some more details. So here are the details of the specs. So it's going to have two LCD panels, uh, rumored to have a resolution of 1600 by 1440 pixels per eye, with a field of view of 140 degrees running at 120 hertz. So Wait, that, is that is that that's fairly comparable to the index? Then? Exactly, pretty much identical specs there. Uh, they do they do say that the um, Pimax Artisan will have a slightly wider field of view than the index, slightly wider. But, um, but again, that, that brings me to the question, like, what is the reason for making this headset? Because are they, are they going to willingly compete with the Valve Index? Like, I, I still think, like, the way forward for them is to make a headset, give it a, even if it's a ridiculously high price, but it needs to be the biggest resolution, it needs to be the, the, the biggest refresh rate, the biggest field of view, all of those things so that, that they get out, get their own niche and carve yeah. their little... But, but the Valve Index isn't that. a consumer headset, right? It's more for prosumers. I would say the Valve Index is like an enthusiast level headset. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. it's floating in that space. But consumer means that it should be way cheaper. Usually, consumer means a certain price. Um, it's difficult to say. Like, I would say it's a consumer device, and I would say that that's what they're aiming at. The, the, with this device, they're definitely targeting the index uh, because of the high price of the index and they're offering this at a relatively low price mm. and I'll get onto that in a second what I think it might be um, but this is where things get even more interesting because they're going to be offering two bundles of this headset one that you can just buy the headset standalone um, so you can use your own base stations and controllers so whether that be mm. the Vive uh, base stations and Vive ones or the index base stations and index controllers or a second option, and this is where things get really interesting because, of course, the Pimax controllers and base stations aren't ready yet. Um, so they're actually going to be partnering with Nolo to use their base station and their controllers. <laughs> with but, Nolo? Yeah. Nolo? Yeah. And you guys, you guys remember Nolo, right? You yeah. guys, yeah, the, even they're some the ones of you with used the mobile. The yeah. We used to it's the mobile VR. It's, uh, it's an external yeah, it tracking device, right? So you can turn your your VR headset into a six DOF instead of a three DOF. That's but the kind tracking of what it is. is not that it's not that good, is it? No, exactly. And this is the thing: we all remember Nolo because we all were using Nolo with Oculus Go before the Quest oh, yeah, launched yeah, 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 yeah. to turn yeah. the Go into That's a 6 That's not even that long ago, by no. the way. That's so weird. And, and we were turning the Go into a 6 yeah. headset with 6 yeah. controllers to play Beat Saber on uh, before the Quest launched. And we all knew that it was kind of a bit rough, you know, using that as an experience. Mm. Like, it was nowhere near flawless, and it wasn't a great experience either, but it was just kind of a showcase of what could be possible. Yeah, exactly. um, but now... Pimax are obviously partnering with Nolo to bring a low-end Pimax to the market with uh, Nolo's tracking and controllers. But it, it must be a different kind of tracking than the original one, right? No, because, and, and, and Sebastian did address this, um, bless him, he, he did sort of say, is this the same one we know uh, as before? And I think Kevin Henderson pretty much said, yeah, this is going to be the same one, although they've upgraded that, like, 
upgraded it in terms of firmware, but it's exactly the well, same. What about latency and yeah, stuff like yeah. that? Yeah, so they're incorporating NOLO into PyTool uh, to try and reduce that latency. But still, if you're not familiar with NOLO, basically it's a single base station. It looks like a, a Steam VR base station, uh, but you can put it anywhere. You just need to provide it with power. Hmm. Uh, and it can be uh, uh, without power as well because it's got an internal battery. But then they've got these two uh, controllers with uh, triggers and uh, touchpads, so very similar to the Vive ones, but very, very small um, in comparison. I mean, I, I do find it very interesting. It's probably a lot cheaper to, to go that way. Mm. But at the same time, if I'm if I'm like considering buying this headset, I'd rather wait now to yeah. see how it works out, considering the reputation. I mean, not that Nolo is like uh, nothing against Nolo, but the original thing that they made was made for the Oculus Go, which d- didn't even support 6 off uh, controllers. So, I mean, to well, go from uh, that to like the yeah. high-end kind of market, it's it's a big step. Yeah, uh, even before I go, it was um, how. the Nolo was really targeted for mobile, like Gear VR. Um, yeah. that's, that was the initial application, and they, they had a Kickstarter campaign as well. Um, yeah. But yeah, what they've been really cagey about, of course, is the price. Um, but I estimate that the Nolo bundle will probably be around sort of 600 US dollars. <laughs> that's um, a lot of money. Yeah, you know, maybe I'm gonna say five on. Uh, I'm gonna say five five. Was it five forty nine or something? Five forty nine. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm gonna say around the five forty nine. Yeah, more. and that that would probably that, that puts them in the middle between the Rift Oculus S. and the um and the Valve Index. So yeah, I think it's gonna be somewhere in between. But yeah. but by by announcing this, they well, of course they they have to say this themselves. But they kind of said like, listen, all the stuff that is still happening in the background with all those backers, uh, we found something new. We're gonna focus on that. And uh, yeah, good luck with the the stuff you you know you kickstarted back. Yeah, then. of course, because like uh, you know they're gonna officially unveil this at CES uh, 2020, which takes place next week uh, between the 7th and the 10th of January in Las Vegas. Um, and it was there last year that they were talking about the Pimax sword controllers and ba- and base stations. Mm-hmm. Then and we still haven't seen them yet, like, like come to light. So yeah, uh, they 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 seem to constantly hop around what's going on in the market and kind of capitalize on that and just constantly change their plans because if you you look at what they're doing it's every year every few months it's something different they are going for um i'm I'm not that concerned that consumers if if this is a consumer headset as they say Mm -hmm. i'm not concerned that they are going to find pimax because marketing wise they don't really do any marketing uh the people that did buy pimax are all vr enthusiasts people that are heavily invested into uh vr in general but I, i i don't think consumers are even going to you know even if you google uh, yeah. i want to have a vr headset pimax is not going to pop no. up no and i th- i think according I- to uh, according uh-huh. to uh, the chat uh, eric hartley has said that kevin has already mentioned uh, both prices yeah okay uh, that it's 449 for the headset alone oh. yeah okay and 549 uh, for the bundle okay that, that, that's that's pretty much about <laughs> right then but if you think about what they're going to try and offer this you know they're going to say well we've got comparable specs to the valve index but we're half the price with a tracking and controller uh, functionality. And I know people will be like, well, Nolo sucks. I get that. But you can't argue with half the price, um, you know. Yeah, but, so, but who who knows it's going to be half the price? Most people are not even, will not even know this yeah. headset is around. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, it's no, like, you're right. Marketing-wise, they could, you know, use this in their favor and like, well, we're the Valve Index killer. If they put that on their website, if they put it somewhere, that could kind of work. But as long yeah. as they are not in the picture... 
Yeah. No one is going to even consider. It's saying like, they should take the tagline <laughs> of um, fucking Big Head VR or whatever it was called. Yeah, yeah, yeah I know. 3DN. I know, yeah, yeah. I stole it. These are Nathan's solid advices for them to buy. Yeah. The Oculus Killer. It was the Oculus Killer, the 3D ad. Let's, yeah. yeah, let's just give them cement shoes and that put works. them down Lake Michigan. Yeah, uh, just finish this off. But no, but I, it yeah. just doesn't interest me. Like, this, it's sort of weird news. They just keep fragmenting. And I, that's the, that's my biggest problem yeah. is unless exactly. as a product team they focus on the killer singular reason why someone should purchase, they're not going to win. Yeah. And they need. And I'm not talking about them being the market leader. I mean them being a competitive force mm. in the industry. Mm. And it's not again. There's no like, don't like Pimax. Initially they had that, and then it with time washed away. We knew it would. Yeah. Those are yeah. transients, right? It, and that's what Rowdy's saying. He's saying you got to find a way to get out front again with something, one characteristic. Do that and mm-hmm. you'll be yeah. pushing. But, yeah, but I, I think they I think they could. I mean, with, with the, the stuff the, they no, made the, so the far, they could now have... Is, the problem now is that the headset is $150 roughly more than the Rift S and the controllers will not be better. No, so but yeah, it, the headset might be a bigger field of view. Yeah. And uh, But then if people want a bigger field of view and a higher refresh rate, they go with the index because, you know, if you really want the best of the best, then yeah. you will get the best headset. Yeah, but most people, even if they buy headsets, they don't even know what field of view means. They just mm-hmm. buy a headset that just yeah. is they the first the resold on Google or the but second one. I, I do think it's smart of them to have um, a headset that's fairly affordable around the release of, of Half-Life Alex, Because I think, you know, with with the explosion that's likely going to happen around that game, um, it, it's, it's probably smart of them to have a headset that can be attractive to newcomers. Something. They have something. They have, The form factor of their headset, because it looks like a hammerhead shark, is pretty cool. I mm-hmm. think, because I haven't seen a single headset do it, and I'm just waiting for someone to do this. I think they should, and this is like a silly trick that's going to save you six months max. You know, other headsets could jump on it quickly. Go for colors. Go for colors. If I could buy that headset in bright pink, if I could buy that headset in bright green, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I know people can skin their headsets and all that, but no one's done that yet. And it was popular with sneakers after the millennium came around. It's going to be popular. It's the same thing with mice. Remember when mice used to be boring yeah. and then they went blingy? Like, go for something like that while you still can, while you you're the an, one to do it. You want an RGB headset. That's what you want. RGB wow. everything. You could literally have Cylon lights going yeah. and yeah. like people will yeah. buy it because yeah. that's cool. You yeah, know I'm what sure. I mean? Like I'm sure, I'm sure I'm sure Razer is gonna do that yeah. maybe next year or maybe this year. Who knows? But you know the thing with Pimax is uh, whatever they make, if it's good or bad, expensive or cheap, as long as the marketing is not on point, they're not gonna sell it in big batches, and that's that's the thing. If they if they don't have their support uh, up and running, and it's still not as good as what others have. Then the word is not going to spread. People yeah. are not going to tell the other, like, "Hey, did you hear about Pimax? I bought a headset. I'm very happy with what I got. Or it's, it's great." Again, or again, they need something that sets them apart, like they did with the original Kickstarter. because mm. yeah. then think, word gets around automatically. I think initially they need to satisfy the backers that exactly. originally they funded them, because yeah. you know they're the ones that they're upsetting, bringing all these new headset revisions to the market because they're not, they haven't delivered yet. Yeah, and but, I think, but, but, but with all this news, it, it points to where it's not them caring. Mm, yeah. It's like they focus on something else and they are trying to forget mm. what they have been because I don't yeah. know, you, you, you got bought out by them basically by, Hey Mike, uh, here, uh, pay some extra money. You get some valve index controllers. That's yeah. like, okay, that one is uh, gone uh, next, you know, yeah. it's, it's such a, such a smart way of doing it. 
But there's still so many people waiting, and, and you don't have your Valve Index controllers yet. No, apparently. You spend money on, on you spend yeah. even extra money yeah. that you shouldn't be spending. Yeah. And then, and there are a lot of people like you who did the same. Yeah. Because they're like, okay, well, this this is the last thing I'm gonna try, and yeah. then it's over. But yeah. I don't know. And uh, that, we'll see. And that's the thing they've they've got a bad reputation of not delivering what they say. And this is the problem with them right now. And they need to spin that around uh, with their marketing, like you said, and have a a decent marketing campaign um, because they've got five different headsets now. They've got the 5K Plus, the 5K XR, the Vision 8K Plus, the Vision 8KX, and now the Artisan. (laughs) But I think with the Artisan, they think they can spin it around that way by letting people forget about what they made before and they, they go for something new. But I don't think that's the way to go. No, no, definitely. Like people within the VR community know you know, the, the, they're unreliable yeah. right now, yeah. put it that way. They um, know, and the consumers, they have no yeah. idea what, what a pilot General consumers is. have no idea, yeah. no. That's yeah. why you should listen to this podcast. You learn something new every week. <laughs> what is a, what are, what's your <laughs> offerings in hammerhead shark-shaped HMDs? Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, obviously CES is happening next week. It's a huge tech event every year. Um, and, of course, there's going to be loads of other VR tech that comes out of CES this year. So, of course, we'll be covering all the big announcements on next week's show. So make sure you subscribe to the channel so you don't miss that. Um, next bit of news this week is about an unusual um, new VR product from Logitech, which you might be interested in if you're a creative that uses VR for artwork, oh. modeling, or sculpting. And it's called the Logitech VR Ink. And this is going to be the brand new pilot edition, you know, their first version of this. Uh, this basic, It's like a VR stylus. That's the way I'd describe it. Mm. Um, but basically, it's a professional level tool that allows artists uh, and creators to easily transition from traditional methods of creating, you know, conceptual artwork and stuff like that and sculptures and models uh, to transition into creating in a virtual space. Um, and the reason why uh, they do this is because it's familiar in that it's like a pencil shape. You know, it's kind of got this like pencil grip to it, as you'll see Um and that offers the same sort of precise control uh, on a physical surface and in the air that like a, a pen or a pencil would have um, or like a sculpting tool or whatever would have. So they're kind of like saying that this is an easy way to get you into creating in a virtual space. That's really smart. That's really smart what because one of, the, one of the things if you're an artist is muscle memory mm-hmm. and actually having like if you're a sculptor, it's with your hands. If you're, it, It's just that fine motor control motion and actually pulling triggers to... Uh, have an action take place in VR, it's going to be, you're not going to have that motor control in the same way. So it makes a lot of sense to translate that. And I, I believe in it. I think yeah. it's really expensive, this thing though, is it? It is. Well, it is. What is the price? So here? it's, so th- but you've got to bear in mind, this is a professional tool. Like it's not for like consumers. Uh, it's 750 US dollars. Whoa! Um, oh, God damn it. Well, but, wait, wait, does that, does that come with the software? Yeah, it comes with software. Wow. So like that's not that's not that expensive at all. So so yeah, I don't think yeah. it's that expensive when you think about it cuz like um they've partnered with they've partnered with um applications. So it's <laughs> compatible with some applications out there already. So uh like Gravity Sketch, uh Tilt Brush, Unreal and Unity uh works with all those uh engines and, and platforms. So mm-hmm. say if you're like a, a a VR developer, you could be, you know, creating concept um models and stuff like that. And that would increase your workflow and therefore it's worthwhile investment, I would say, especially if someone's, you know, you've hired an artist from a traditional sort of sense and yeah. sort of yeah. moving them into VR. Uh, I think it's probably a good way of doing it. But to give but you a good they, example. Do they also bring out their own actual application? Is there something that 
I don't think so, no. There's just software that makes it compatible with the, the platforms that mm -hmm. I mentioned. And there's more as well. I just didn't couldn't reel them all off. Rowdy, are you kind of talking, like, if you're talking, like, virtual reality, Photoshop or something like that, like, along the lines of or a, or a model builder? Or what were you thinking software-wise that would add to what's no, already No, because the, the, uh, the video was showing, it, it, it seemed like they were also designing, like, some concept art for some kind of technical drawing. So I was wondering what kind of application would support something like that because yeah. I find it interesting. Yeah, um, it's definitely some sort of, there was a CAD program on the list, but I didn't write it down. Did, um, uh, did Logitech also not make a VR keyboard in the past? I think I they did. They did? I think they a did. A VR keyboard. Interesting. You use. I yeah, can't, in, I can't in remember that. Yeah, but, I don't remember um, it either. But Zim's got a really good point about like having that fine motor skill. Like if you've, if you've honed mm -hmm. your skills over many, many years, it is difficult to transition over and this will probably help that. And a good example of this is my, my mum's like really artistic and over Christmas I took the Quest over with Tilt Brush installed and um, it was just a nightmare getting her used to controllers because she's not a gamer and she just really, really struggled with it to the point they got a little bit frustrating, you know, for her and me to try and get It was get a nice to... Christmas over at Mike's house. <laughs> yeah, it's like, like, oh God. <laughs> this is the video I wanted to see. Yeah. Um, so she, she couldn't quite get to grips with it, but she, she did get to grips with the, the trigger and the painting in the end, but transitioning to different brushes and stuff wasn't particularly easy, whereas with this device, it's got like little... Um, uh, buttons on like the sides so you, you can grip it on the sides and that will uh, have an input in into whatever application you're using it's also got like a little touchpad on the top and a menu button and a small little um, pressure sensitive button as well on the top mm -hmm. um, and of course like the nib itself is pressure sensitive so if you want to write on a, a an actual surface depending on the pressure that you put onto it will de depend on like you know the, the width or the boldness of the the line or stroke that you you're doing so uh, i yeah, think if this works with like with autocad or something like that then yeah it's, it's definitely a cad program that it's compatible with but definitely like you said this will be easier for those people to transition over and Nathan was right about the keyboard. Uh, the Logitech Bridge uh, announced uh, 2nd of November 2017, wow. uh, which apparently worked as well with the HTC Vive tracker. Wow. I don't know how that worked together. I'm, I'm just looking at it now, but it's very odd-looking like, combo. And, like slam everything around you. Like. <laughs> yeah, well, must have been an add-on for something. But no, I do. I think um, whilst the price for anyone who's trying to pick it up seems extortionate. Again, extrapolating three years into the future, think about something like a Wacom tablet, right? Digitizing, that, that's, a, that's a similar kind of application the way I see it here is that if you, if you have those skills and you know, you're used to pen and paper and then you go and digitize, you're stu there's still a barrier, but the barrier for entry, that kind of activation energy is, is a lot less learning mm -hmm. than like what Mike had mentioned his mom struggling with, you know? So yeah, yeah it's, a very interesting, it's a very interesting avenue. It immediately mm -hmm. makes me think... Apple's going to have an Apple pen that works with Apple AR, uh, an AR kit. Yeah, you know, and that, that's we're going to maybe see that as well sometime yeah. in the near future. But like you mentioned with the keyboard, like they used a, a Vive tracker, right? Um, this obviously has that built into the back of it. That's why it's so chunky. Um, it's actually got the Vive tracking uh, or the Steam VR tracking uh, built into the back of the pen. So this is compatible with Steam VR uh, tracked headsets. So oh. you can use it with the Vive, the Vive Pro, the Pimax, Valve Index, and even the, uh, the Varo as well, which we've talked about on previous episodes of the podcast. Yeah, yeah. I was wondering why the shape of it, because I was like, that is a funky looking pen. Un unusual shape, yeah, for sure. So like yeah. I said, it's uh, 750 US dollars aimed at VR professionals, uh, but we'll be shipping uh, next month in February 2020. Oh. So I thought it was quite a unique little uh, VR accessory. We've never seen anything like this before. So I thought it was quite cool to uh, to talk about on the show. 
Um, the final bit of news this week is about the HTC Vive Cosmos. Um, they've got a sale on right now. So from the 1st of January to the 10th of January, HTC are running a promotion where you can get $100 off the retail price. So instead of paying $699, US you'll be paying $599 US for the Cosmos. So, who, uh, who knew that that almost a year after it it got revealed at CES, it's already dead, getting a discount and dead. Yeah, yeah. Jeez, Mike put a nail in his coffin right there. <laughs> well, <laughs> I think I think you know this sale. Although I appreciate it, I don't think it's going to save them in any way, shape, or form. I still think five nine nine for this no, product is still too way much. too much. Um, I mean, no, it's 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 probably right. But if it wants to compete with the Oculus yeah. uh, headsets, then yeah. it needs to be less. It needs to be less. Yeah. No, well, and it's it, not less. It's just fixing the, the headset. That's what they need to do. Well, that's right. Because, you know, if, you, if you're not aware, um, you know, the HTC uh, Vive Cosmos, it had a rocky launch. Um, it was, you know, it wouldn't work in, in, in well-lit rooms. It wouldn't look well work in dark rooms. It had to be but like optimum. The majority of that now has been kind of like ironed out, right? It has, but the tracking itself is still subpar, I would exactly. say. Um, especially when you compare it to like the Rift S, which is, you know, um, <laughs> a lot cheaper. Uh, it has substantially better tracking than the Cosmos. And that's the problem. Uh, they just can't compete in that uh, sense. Can someone please compete with Facebook for, for once? <laughs> Yeah. My days. Is it so hard? It is. It is, is hard. It so Very hard. hard. <laughs> I love it. You answered as well because you knew we were here. Like it Mrs. Is. Sharks it, it, ready it to jump. <laughs> yeah, but it it's is. like it's getting a little annoying. Can can someone someone now answer that? See, yes, please. That that Sorry. can shake up the market a little bit. It's the first millennial thing to say. It's getting annoying. <laughs> come on, someone engineer something. Yeah. Come yeah. on. Like there's so many. There's so Just many. Do it. Yeah, there's so many HMDs coming out, and every time, like, and you know, from from the outside, the Vive Cosmos looks looks awesome, but from the inside, it just doesn't it doesn't work. Yeah, and we're going to touch on this more uh, after the releases, actually, because we can talk about what we want for 2020. Oh yeah, that's that's a good subject for sure. Uh, Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, But it it is a shame. You're you're totally right. It is a shame because HTC, you got to remember, they were dominating the VR marketplace uh, in the consumer VR marketplace anyway for a long, long time. Uh, A lot of people even said that Oculus was dead back in those days because of HTC's uh, dominance in that space Mm, Uh, because you know the Vive had superior tracking um, at the beginning you know with the the dual base station set up and then you know they started releasing multiple sensors so you could have three sensors which would be a good uh, compromise but still it was a lot of work to get that set up whereas now with the Rift S you know, it's as much yeah, as I'm, I'm very curious. Like when when I when I go to China, I will be meeting up with HTC again. So I'm I'm very eager to hear how they experienced you know the launch of the Vive Cosmos and how it, in Asia, you know, yeah, yeah, but also how they see it from their perspective. Sure, yeah. To you know. Done. Yeah, because we what we don't know is that this headset could be really popular in Asia because they don't, like you say, they don't have Oculus products out there, so they yeah. don't have the Rift S. So maybe the Cosmos is could their be. only option potentially for an inside-out track yeah, headset. Or, or the Vive Focus is is even bigger than than it was last year. Yeah, yeah. Looking forward to your insights in that when you get back for sure. I haven't heard about Focus for some time, so I'm like Mike with your trip. I'd be interested to see. Uh, particularly what you run across in terms of advertising on the streets, on a newspaper, you know, mm. when you're sitting in the hotel room and you're looking at TV, do you see any VR ads? I'd be very curious mm. what that looks like in Asia at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that is the Cosmos getting a hundred dollar discount, but I think it's a little too late to be honest. 
Um, that is all the news this week. So now it's time to pass it over to Zim. I'm super curious um, if there's any releases. <laughs> it'd be, this it'd week. be funny if Zim would be like, "Yeah, I'm, I'm actually I'm done already." Yeah, done. Like, <laughs> there is no releases. Job done. No, no releases today. Um, well, I have scrope backwards in time. I have. I'm cheating a little bit. Two of the three releases are from December, but there are things that. Um, I thought would make sense, and one of them is a <clears throat> one of them is a uh, title that we talked about last week, which I feared would happen and has happened. So we'll uh, <laughs> we'll go through those three. We'll see if one of you remembers and picks it up. Okay. Anyway, the first one uh, for those of you who likes Michelle Rodriguez, who does anyone? Do you know who Do you know who Michelle Rodriguez is? She's the one who starred in um, Fast and Furious. She was the pilot in Avatar. Uh, Mike, what did you say? Fast and Furious. Fast and Furious. She's that chick. Wait, wait, wait. wait. They she 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 was also starring in a in a 360 VR. Oh, movie. I knew it. He's gonna get a point here. But I don't know the name. I don't know the name. Yeah, yeah. I so like there was a 360 action film called The Limit, uh, which was produced by I think his name was like it was another Rodriguez, um, and Michelle starred in that alongside the guy from The Walking Dead. Um, can't remember his name now. You'd know him. But The Limit was like this 360 action film. So there's another one of these coming out. Not with Michelle Rodriguez, I'm sorry. That looks a bit like Hardcore Henry. Um, this is called Agent Emerson. Um, and this is something that actually landed in early December. Uh, is currently available for about $4, three pounds. Um, and this is for PC VR. And it's about a 10-minute 360-degree uh, film. But quite high octane. Obviously, it was difficult to shoot. Um, but it's one of these, like, immersive first-person, um, you know, ninja swords coming out, gunplay games, all that. And so you're sitting there watching it, and there this is available on PSVR as well, but it's on the PC VR headsets I wanted to mention. And why, why feature this one a month late? Well, I just watched John Wick 3, and I got the buzz off of that film. And I was like, hell yeah, <laughs> I saw this on Steam, and I was like, all right, we got something. And then, and then um, I don't know why Steam fed it to me in my list. And I was like, look, this is something that people just need yeah. to see. Because there's actually been a few of these at this stage, like 360 films, which haven't been too bad to watch. I actually thought that um, No Limit was all right. It was kind of, um, again, like a 15-minute feature and just something that if you haven't heard about it, um, and again, you're a fan of Michelle Rodriguez, then that would be one to try out. And this is another one. And you don't see too many of these. It, um, it, it, it doesn't completely look like a 360. It's, it's, it's like a mix of, of actual places you can you know, experience, you can sit in, and then other parts are like just flat 360. It, it's a VR film, but there's a lot of, there's a lot of um, CGI in it. Mm -hmm. It's actually so one of the things that people say. I just say, watched the trailer, but there's no Michelle Rodriguez in the trailer, is there? No, no this is not Michelle Rodriguez. I was comparing to The Limit. The Limit is the, ah, okay. is the one that released I about that a she year was ago. In, in, but in, no, do you, sorry. Do you think it works when you're uh, like you're watching it, so it's not like you're super active in it yourself, and then it's first person, so you see the weapon in front of you, you see <laughs> everything happening. But is that is that immersive enough for at least you to but you could pretend yeah, you if, can pretend you can use your imagination you can always do that yeah that could work yeah the the issue with this and i think that's really the the main problem is when you've got 360 and it's not 180 for instance you're not necessarily encouraged to look in the same direction and so what it means is you can get off uh mm -hmm. offset if you yeah. especially if you have a swivel chair i do um, then you can get offset from like where the arms and the sword gunplay stuff is happening. So it can be really weird. Um, and so that's, that's in all kinds of could actually do it stuff. without even looking at the person. He could still murder everyone. 
<laughs> well, and that's why this one should be in 180 instead then. That's what that's what I'm thinking. So uh, 360 for these kinds of things, particularly when they're showing the arms and all that, and they're showing the perspective. Front facing. It's a bit weird. Front yeah. facing, I think, would be a smarter choice. But um, anyway. Yeah, someone from the go. chat uh, has made a really good point. Uh, GNVRS Gaming. At least one review said it made them feel motion sick, and that's with five-year VR legs. And that's, of course, yeah. really important yeah. because you're not in control of the camera yourself, so mm. that's a, a problem. A lot, a lot of the so a lot of the ratings on the, and again, this is not a recommendation to go out and buy this one. But if you're like me and you like trying kind of new formats, then you might want to give this a shot or the limit or that old Nicholas Cage one, which was oh terrible. my days, the Nicholas Cage, Cage VR Cage experience one. was one of the worst <laughs> things I've ever done in VR. Wasn't John oh. Travolta in one as well, the one with the speedboat? Uh, oh, you're right. Yeah, 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 but yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. can start to see yeah. like Hollywood's taking an interest and in trying to penetrate like VR as a new medium in the same way that you see some yeah. music artists launching albums with like VR interludes that that work quite well. I, I still think that Blade Runner was the, one of the best examples of how you Fantastic. could do it. Blade Runner, yeah, yeah it was excellent. Really I, I'm I'm wondering, Coco, though, Coco as well. Coco, yeah, amazing. I'm wondering though, Sim, is it going to go uphill or downhill from here on like <laughs> i mean i don't i don't know i mean films like this have kind of always had their place we used to have um now this was ireland and we we you know you had um, your money was was the irish pound so there used to be a pound shop where you could go and buy things like ninja gorilla or something you know for a quid and and you'd go home and you'd watch that dvd so i'm wondering if this is like the age of vr rubbish cinema you know and these these are at some point going to be in like for a quid pound bin now this one's almost a quid already it's only three three pounds so um. well three 360 in in in, in this farmer is, is still around and it's still very popular for some reason i don't yeah. know mm. eric oh, and youtube are pushing it as well right i think so it, i think to, it's yeah. fun to watch on a phone but to really experience in vr mm. yeah I, I i like them but they're experiences that um I can totally see making people VR sick. Mm -hmm. um, and they already have a kind of a weird, like you feel offset. Like the view, the vision isn't right. It's like when Oculus patched the Quest and we had that distorted view uh, through through the look through. It, it, it's weird. If you walk around your house now with that and it tries to kind of like shape the environment around you, if you've ever done that, give that, a, if you haven't done that yet, give that a shot where you're like, you're walking through your house with the Quest on through pass-through mode. And, and let me know if you don't like trip up or almost fall because it does some really freaky stuff if you're moving while you're walking, whereas before it used mm. to be just one-to-one. -one. Okay. So. Eric Hartley in the chat says that um, Jumanji VR would be a good one. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Next <Jumanji>. up. <laughs> I would go for a, com a comedic uh, VR one. Anyway, so that was, that was the first of the trash pile this wow. week. Actually, the next game I, I feel quite good about because there was a game called Blaze Rush. Um, mm. Not too long ago. It was probably 2016 or 2017 uh, when that was the first available. And it was like this uh, Russia development team who brought VR support to their um, kind of micro machines racer. Yep. So there's a new PSVR game uh, that's come out. It's kind of a re-release, I think. Mini Motor Racing X is what it's called. And it's got VR support. And it actually looks very well developed. So I thought, hey, let's go ahead and show this one off as well. So this was uh, this landed the 17th of December. And that's why I didn't want to miss it. Because it, it has a quite a cool look to it. Um, but it's a third-person racer. So again, you're looking at your like Matchbox car racer. Uh, it, this is available on, on PSVR, by the way. Um, the price of this thing, just so you kind of get it in your head straight... It's about 20 pounds, $27, I think, in, in terms of PlayStation and PlayStation Store. I don't, I didn't see this available in other platforms. Do any of you know, this seems to be a game that was released some time ago on yeah. a Sony platform. Yeah, I know. Uh, anyone play this before? Like mm -hmm. the original? Mm -hmm. No. 
I don't know. Like I do I, wonder how it how it works in VR though. But so have you ever played Blaze Rush, Rowdy? No. Yeah. Yeah. So you right. overlook the track. You overlook the, the track, yeah. and actually, um, I, I have to say, I've had some of my f- more fun racing moments. And I, you know, you guys know I'm a sim racer. Mm-hmm. In like Blaze Rush is great, eight player uh, co op. That's fallen a little bit by the wayside now. I don't know if it's still fully supported on all modern headsets, but this looks like a really cool um, app, and especially on okay, so, PlayStation. So it's, it, it's not like that you like float above the car and like move with the car, mm-hmm. but you're literally no. in a fixed position yeah. overlooking the track. That's like, right. Like a real, like, you know, like a remote mm-hmm. control race car. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah that's and actually it's actually kind of cool. I like the that. The thing that's really nice about that, and I think PlayStation VR will probably not have this benefit, um, was when you did on the DK2 or CV1, you could like lean properly in to see the full detail of the cars as they're going around. And you could also, if there were threats before or after, you could look, you know, back and forth. So it almost was an advantage to play. But mm-hmm. like Blaze Rush, this allows a combination of play with 2D players. So if you have people who own the 2D version of this, you're the only person with the VR headset, you can benefit from that. And it's four four player yeah. online co-op. Yeah, but Paradise Decay says that he made a video on it and he could play in third person or also jump into the car. Oh, wow. Oh, cool. oh okay. Yeah. yeah, we saw a little snippet of that in the trailer. I wasn't mm. too sure about that. Okay, cool. This, this reminds me a lot of like Toy Box Turbos. This mm-hmm. one came out on yeah. DK2, yep. um, but it's not available on Steam anymore. They pulled it off the store. Yeah. Well, the best part for Nathy, and this is why I wanted to call this part out, I don't think it shows in the video, they actually patched in what they call Bumper Ball, which is essentially Rocket League mm. in this mode. And I think it's either 2v2, oh, they do show it, sorry, I was wrong. Yeah, I'll I, show I did it see a little you. bit of it. Yeah, Yeah. so, but it just looks like a total ripoff of Rocket League on PSVR, and <sighs> hey, I mean, the, the game looks like fun, to be honest, and I've yeah. not heard of this one before, so yeah. there you go. And, and Blaze awesome. Rush, you know, for me, on the Oculus Go was one of my favorite games on the Go. It was awesome yeah. with a control pad you know it's brilliant yeah it's really and, and it's funny because like i remember you doing that video where you were um hyping up the controllers and i actually ended up buying a blue uh, xbox controller after your recommendation mike it's lovely it's a savage looking piece of controller yeah. but actually the the go and the quest well not the quest so much now um oh you have oh yeah yeah you have the uh the, the, the gray one that goes with one. the go yeah mm. loved it with the green uh. highlight thumbstick accents oh we're all showing off our kid are we hang on Let's we're all getting them out. Yeah, that, that, uh, that was. I, I don't camera. even know if this is the same one. <laughs> yeah, oh, it is. Yeah, it you is. just got. Um, that's the, that's oh, no, no, the no, original. No, that's, that's not the Bluetooth one. one. That's not the Bluetooth one. No, sorry, it's Rowdy. The Xbox one. What do you mean? It's Xbox, not. The, yeah. I don't think it's the Bluetooth one. You can't use that, that with the, the Quest. One. It is. Oh, with the Quest. No, that's the one I got with the Oculus Rift, the original. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah it, doesn't it doesn't work because I had to buy another one. Back in the days, back in the old days, where you could get a controller with a Rift. Yeah, in the yeah. same box, it's still gutting when you have to pay forty quid for a controller, but uh, or seven hundred and fifty, you know, whichever. So, all right, moving on to the third one, and this is the one that I feared. We feared, we predicted this, and this is um, uh, this is this had to happen in the winter cycle. This is a game called Winter Break. What do you think you do in Winter Break, lads? Throw snowballs. Mike's got it. Mike's taking a point. <laughs> so, wow. sling, slingshotting snowballs at things that fly in front of you. From Rise Up Studios, we have, for $10 or £7 for PCVR headsets, launched the 3rd of January. <laughs> so they basically missed the holiday yeah, season. Missed, Are you they serious? Missed, like, they missed? <laughs> oh, my God. Grab your slingshot 
And two teams of five players fight in a five. snowball fight. That's a lot. lot. That's a big multiplayer title. That's right a there. big multiplayer. Except I'm not convinced because this is listed as a single player game and online PvP. I think it's a score based game where you can compete with, I think, AI uh, uh, in, inside like mini games and online leaderboards. Mm. So for everything that I could discern from this game, it it looked to be single player plus basically swap the controller co op uh, or swap the controller side by side kind of scoreboard leaderboard multiplay. Anyway, this is the the kind of title that comes out this time of year, just like around Halloween when we get ten you know not very well baked uh, yeah. VR games. But, uh, and I, the fact that they launched on the third of January just made me t- t- like laugh. It, it reminds me of Merry Snowballs. Remember that one? Yeah, Merry Snowballs. Yeah, indeed. That that one was actually kind of fun uh, in the Christmas season. Although I haven't touched it ever since. No, <laughs> but I came out of what 2016 or something. It must have been two years ago. Yeah. I got a question. Do you have you guys seen? I've seen a couple of um, VR games that have like eggs in them. But like looking ahead and thinking, what is the next holiday VR game that we're going to see? Easter. One thing that people have been saying ever since that uh, that viral video went for. Um, uh, the new Jesus game. Do you know what I'm talking about? There's a game coming out where you can play Jesus Christ and literally you do everything. From literally get nailed to the cross the wood. Like, you, like you, you fight Satan, you, you know, oh make God. bread into wine or whatever. Uh, <laughs> um, and I'm just waiting for VR support to come to that or maybe to Vorpex it. But um, that's, that's, I suppose, the next one. But have you, have you played, like, an Easter VR game? I was wondering. Easter is, is rare, to be honest. I, th- I think there yeah. were some, some funny demos on Oculus Share where you had to find, like, eggs in this, guys, like, guys, unity. Guys, don't give them any IDs now. What are we doing? Like, yeah, we don't want to play Easter yeah, okay, games. Like, you, you, can, you can email title. me if you want. If, if you want any ideas for a game, uh, I got you covered. We'll, we'll, we'll make our own Easter game. It'll be number <laughs> one. Maybe it's going to the Orient. Surely there's going to be a Chinese New Year game. I mean, a few a few uh, years ago, uh, there was a great Vive game where you could shoot fireworks off, and that was quite fun. Yeah, but I wonder if that game will land at but, some but, stage. But, so but, let us know if you see anything out there, Nathan. That, but this know. this makes my brain just hard because it's like it's coming out way too late. First of all, second of all, just imagine how much time and money went into this project, and you you can kind of guess that it's not gonna work. Yeah. If you're if but, you are already too late, just in in general, as you said, like going there with your pickaxe, you know, uh, midwinter, and it's like, hmm, let's make a snowball game. I, I don't think there has been anyone who had like a great success with a snowball VR game. There's been so and by many the way, by it. the way, uh, there is one other holiday that is coming sooner, and that is very successful because there's a lot of games, VR games, being developed right. as well. Santa Claus. Valentine's Day. Oh, Valentine's Day. The dating, the dating simulator games are... It's huge. <laughs> huge. Didn't Rowdy play one where they didn't answer oh, him? Of course. That yeah, one? Yeah, it was, it was the one with the voice recognition. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's an hilarious video I made on my channel for that. Uh, That's one of... Like, if people ever ask me, like, oh, can I see a video of yours? I usually show that one just because it's so hilariously funny. And also because the characters, they're, they're not in 3D. They're actually in 2D. Yeah. So they, when you, like, move, they actually, like, they're, like, paper thin. Like, <laughs> like the old, like, it's Half-Life hilarious. assets. You'd, like, turn your head and the fire would just, you yeah. know, turn. That kind of oh, wow. isometric view. So that, yeah, yeah, if anyone's looking for a 
holiday, uh, if, you, if anyone's looking to pick up a girl and learn dating tips, there's one called uh, VR Dating Lessons with a guy called Magic. He's like this Indian dude. Oh it is the scariest thing because halfway through, my wife was like, because we did this over two shows on the stream, and um, halfway through, it's like, this is really good advice. And then he starts going, like, you walk up to a lady, and he's like, and then you touch her knee. And it's like, just put her, your hand on her knee. Oh and the knee is like the erogenous zone. And it, he, it starts to go off a cliff from there. It was brilliant fun. Um, wow. Wow. So, yeah, half good and what half a, awful. What a great start. Like what, what a great start to the new year. year. Yeah. <laughs> Got me so, so excited. Quality. Quality. One, other, one other honorable mention. Honorable mention. Oh, honorable I'm not mention. showing it to you. You have to look at this one up. This is specifically for Kent Bai because whenever I think of Kent Bai, I always think of the word mindfulness. And there's a game called Trip with two Ps, T-R-I-P-P, uh, which is available on Oculus Home and I think on PC VR headsets as well, which is one which is if you want to uh, zone out, zen out, and look at some pretty visuals, like a visualizer, um, and meditate, you can. But be- the reason I'm not hosting it, and I'm only mentioning it, is it's a subscription model, and I couldn't believe my eyes when I read how much you have to pay to actually get into this. And it's like early access subscription model for this mindfulness app. So maybe they'll make a killing in the future, but for <laughs> now, you're not getting Zim endorsement. You don't get a spot on the show, so there. Um, anyway. That was it, our start of, the, of January. It's a bitter start. I hope it will improve. Wow. Well, I, I, we, hopefully all, all the people that watch the show would have spent their money during the Christmas sale and bought a lot of uh, <laughs> decent games there. Yeah, everyone now is looking up all the suggestions ones. we're giving for your dating lessons, yeah. for your Kenojo, for your <laughs> wow. dating well, simulator. Just, just so your... you know, Zim tried to find the best he could, and this is, this is the state this is of what... 2020. Yep. This is the state of VR at this very hey, moment. Devs deserve a break too. I'm not giving it <laughs> no, a break. No, devs. True. We've had such an amazing last six months since the launch of the quest. It's been such a like a steady stream of very good stuff. Yeah. Um, so it's so it's fair awesome. fair that we get some crap now. You mean? Yeah. We we <laughs> yes. deserve it now. <laughs> we deserve a little bit of a bald patch. Yeah. Okay. Speaking of bald patches, back to you, Mike. <laughs> 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 Thank you very much. Well. So I thought we'd just kind of like, because there isn't that much news going on in the VR space, we would just kind of like talk about our predictions, maybe some like wild things that we would actually want to happen in uh, 2020 for VR. And I've got a couple of questions and this kind of touches on what Nathy was talking about earlier on as well. So I've got some questions that can sort of spark off the conversation. So first question, feel free to join in the chat, by the way. Uh, We'd love to know what you guys think. Uh, But do you think there will be a Quest competitor in 2020 and if so, who do you think it'll be from? Standalone, you mean? Standalone, yeah. I think it's unlikely, but I would love to see PlayStation come with a rechargeable headset that is has been touted by a few people. I think it was Ben from Road to VR mentioned it first, the PSP VR, which is such a cool idea mm. yes. to bring like Resident Evil onto a school bus and just torture children with it. I mean, yeah. I would love that. But, but is it then really considered to be a Quest competitor because it would just still run off playstation so right. it would be standalone but also be able to connect it to a playstation like the quest is standalone also connected so to it a would PC. have its own store next to the playstation store no, exactly I I, so so in my concept of it would be um th- that's what we were talking about last week but like if it was standalone on its own and ran like an os like psp ran yeah um because you're entering like i would love to see sony enter the mobile market they're always quiet about these things and that's why mm. you're just like this eerie when you think about the idea and you think about their position in the market and you go, VR has been really good for them. And you look at their consoles in the past and you go, hang on a second. PSP isn't, it hasn't done badly for them. Yeah. That could definitely do very well, particularly in Asia. Even if it doesn't do well in other markets, please, Sony, do it. 
Yeah, so and I, I think you're right, and that's exactly what I wrote down actually. So you you pretty much had a mind meld with <gasps> me and read my mind. Um, but I think if anyone can step up toe to toe with Oculus with the Quest, I think probably Sony are one of the very few companies out there that could probably pull it off because of their history with PlayStation and making mobile devices mm. like the Vita. Uh, and they're and still they, the dominant software library. Fours, yeah, yeah and, and gaming pedigree, you know, making their own stores and stuff yeah. like that. They could probably pull something like that off. Whereas everyone else in the market seems to be so far behind what yeah. Oculus are doing with the Quest that I think it would be difficult for anyone else really to catch up. Mm -hmm. I, I agree, want but there your question was be. in 2020. Do you think that that will happen in 2020? Well, the next generation... Because they've already said that, that they're going to make the, the PS5 is coming out, but they've yep. said that there's no PSVR 2. But it's the perfect, it's the perfect intermission mm. while, they're, while they're appeasing their console market to also launch... Yeah. A mobile, you know, it's like the perfect thing. Like we were just unboxing it here and unwrapping this, but it, like timing wise, it totally makes sense. Yeah. They could have been working on this the last two, three years. Mm -hmm. Have this come out mm. right timing. You know what I mean? Like what Mike is saying is right. And think about that software library. Even if it wasn't the whole gamut of all the titles, mm -hmm. it was just a couple of, you know, like, like a dozen stripped down titles ready for it on launch. Hot damn. Yeah, exactly. Especially for developers that have already ported game to a quest, for example. Like if like for like Polyarch with Moss, for example, because Moss was yeah. a PSVR uh, title as well that did well That's on PSVR. Well. That, you know, if they've already put that effort into uh, stripping down the game for Quest, and if they made the tools possible for like Quest games to be ported over to this new PSVR uh, standalone headset, then that would be that would be really, really cool. That would that would put mm -hmm. them in a very good position indeed. Think about like static running on the yeah. SPVR system, yeah. for instance, right? Well, a, a PlayStation, PlayStation Portable, you know, a, a, like a a relaunch of that because I think the last right. PlayStation Portable didn't do that well. Um, the first one the did, one. Um, but having like PlayStation Portable and then being it now the VR brand of Sony, yeah, yeah. Uh, that would be would be great. I, I yeah, they they they're the only ones in the in the gaming market that seem to be you know uh, standing out from the rest mm. uh, it's it's wow. it's not microsoft it's not you know it's it's them like everyone knows playstation and i think if they make something vr it will be known pretty quickly by a lot of people i'm gonna have to flash this on screen sure. so um just looking at the wikipedia page for playstation portable um all of the models have been discontinued at this stage so there mm -hmm. was the psp 1000 which i owned i actually bought that uh, PSP 2000, 3000, PSP Go, and then the PSP Street for the kids. Yeah. Was there? A, what, what about the Vita? Was that like the last one? That's a separate. I think that's separate to play. I'll, I'll look that up now. But okay. I think that was a separate um, branch. Okay. 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 Because I had a Vita. Under, yeah. yeah. I, I loved that. I loved the little the Vita console. I thought it was awesome. Yeah, yeah. But I think I think yeah, that would be amazing. Like if that was one wish that I had, uh, I think that would be yeah. it. You know, like yeah. for for Sony to really step up. And be competition, uh, like you say, because yeah. without competition in the marketplace, it's not particularly great uh, for consumers because competition drives pricing down. It drives uh, innovation, more acquisitions yeah. of studios and sort of it, it, it helps sort of the market grow a lot quicker as well. So I think, yeah. uh, you know, a next gen PSVR that has the ability to go standalone as well as connected to the next gen PS uh, console would be super smart move from them. But be, besides that, uh, Google could also be a candidate in that sense. If, if you see, of course, like Stadia had its ups and downs, but you, you see how much money they can pump into a project and, yeah. you know, make, make it fly. Um, I, I think with, with VR and also the YouTube gaming brand, they could do a lot. They have all the influencers in their mm -hmm. pockets. They could make them 
you know promote these headsets yeah uh, they they have good relationships with with gaming companies um so they they could use their platform just what steam did with the valve index they could use their platform to start selling those but uh yeah i don't know yeah um, but i think Actually, the problem the... is there a little bit as well that they they have so much that they do with google mm-hmm. you know, they have you have youtube they have you know the entire alphabet company basically is involved in so many things uh that I wonder if they can really put their focus on something that is so niche uh, as a standalone VR headset. But also you've got to remember that Google kind of were there at the very beginning with the cardboard, you know, so it would kind of make sense for them to come full circle and say, well, you know, we kind of kicked this off and now we're going to make yeah. something that's really uh, revolutionary. Yeah, everyone is just very silent and you, you can't tell me that Facebook was the first one to come up with a standalone HMD. There are others who had like a blueprint laying around as well that... Mm maybe are still working on it or decided to wait yeah. for the right moment. Well, the, the, there were other just standalone to... headsets. Just just quickly touch on that because there, the, the, there was the Lenovo Mirage Solo. Um, there was the Vive Focus as well. Um, yeah. uh, but the, I think the, the, the benefit that Oculus has is the store and the already established developer relationships, you know, and the funding, you know, because they're funding a lot yeah, of the, these the games. Funding. The, the funding is it because Facebook has kept VR alive for a part. If you see how much money they, for example, pumped into all the games they made in 2016, mm-hmm. like if they ha- would have not done that, we wouldn't have had Lone Echo and, and Asgard's Wrath, etc. Those games are, are basically there because they pump money into it. It's not the developer saying like, oh, you know what? VR is the next big, big thing. I want to make a triple A AAA VR title. No, it's Facebook, you know, giving money to to make that happen. So, yeah, you, you definitely need loads of money to uh, make it work. As you said, the store now is great because it has so many titles, but but half of the, the top-rated ones are funded by Facebook and not yep. by the devs themselves. And as long as that doesn't change... Mm. Yeah. So in terms of the timing, Mike, for your Vita point, so <laughs> the Vita being came out in Western markets in 2012, formally discontinued March 1st, 2019. Oh, this wow. seems to give a, a perfect gap of nearly a year for them to <laughs> land something to add as that lovely intermission while the desktop, you know, or the headset comes out for console market. Definitely, because like, as we all know, the, 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 although the Quest has been out uh, since, what was it, uh, April? Uh, April last year. Um, we knew mm. about it way, way b- b- before then. Mm-hmm. Um, so it would be surprising that no one else decided to make something to compete with it. And how cute would it be, Project Mini Morpheus? Oh, Mini Morpheus. <laughs> that would be amazing. But, but launching... uh, PlayStation can wait, they could wait another year and still dominate the market. Mm-hmm. If you see what they have done with VR already, the way they do marketing as well, because yeah. again, like Facebook has a lot of presence in the United States with, with Oculus Quest and whatever, but here in Europe, it's it's PlayStation VR that dominates the market. We see commercials from Sony on TV well, in America, it's, well, sometimes you see a Vader Immortal, uh, you know, commercial somewhere. But for us, that's not a thing. So it's, it's you know. Yeah, yeah, you're totally right. So I think yeah, in terms could. of Quest competition, we think that Sony are probably oh, one, of the, one of the few people that could pull that off. Um, but yeah, I'd love to see that happen. But I think, you know, like we, we know obviously a next-gen console is launching end of this year. 
I don't know if whether we'll get a headset launch with it maybe a little bit later, but I'd like to see that it could do standalone and both connected to a PlayStation. That but would be even really if neat. we know it's around, like with the Oculus Quest, like, oh, something is coming. They announce would, it. Yeah, exactly. Nice. Yeah. yeah. So what about Oculus? Do you think they're going to announce another headset this year? Not necessarily bring it to market, but at least announce one. So maybe oh. I'm talking like Oculus Connect 7, which generally takes place around September time. Mm. Um, do you think it will be an iteration of the Quest, maybe a Quest Pro, which is something I tweeted about this week? Or do you think it will be, this is going to be the next gen Rift? AR headset. AR, AR. headset. I think they're going to, I think because they've already teased the AR headset thing, the natural expectation a year on is going to be, mm. you're going to show us your AR headset. Okay. Uh, or at least... Tease it. You can't mm-hmm. just go from teasing it to telling us nothing more. Mm-hmm. You could. I know we, people have done it at like E3 and stuff and then been shot down because right. of that. But I would think the natural expectation would be that they will, at OC7, show us their AR headset. Right. That's probably my mm-hmm. only singular right. A, a, a def you know. kit, you mean? Yeah, it won't be. I, I doubt it would be consumer ready at this yeah. stage. Uh, but the idea is, I think they're trying to irk it in front of the coming Apple train. You know, Apple's going to have AR glasses, and I think Oculus needs... They've already positioned themselves as kind of the Apple of VR, so now they just need to try to steal as much thunder as they can before that mega announcement drops from Apple and it changes the world. Yeah, it's kind of an interesting point, because I remember before Oculus Connect 6, we were talking about this AR tagline that was in their announcement, right? And we were kind of excited that they were going to show us something AR-related at the show. And it's kind of interesting that since then, I'd forgotten completely all about it because they didn't actually announce anything oh, really AR-related. Like, it was just a black background yeah. with a, we are making an AR headset. Yeah, Facebook movement. is working on AR. That's yeah. right, that's Thanks, right. Guys. Yeah, yeah, but that, no. that's no secret. We could say the same about Google. We could say the same about yeah. Apple, etc. Um, well, uh, you know, if we if we talk about headsets from Oculus, yeah, as you said, maybe an iteration of the the Quest with a better head strap or something, but nothing, nothing like uh, completely next gen. Only yeah. like like they know they have to improve the head strap. Yeah, it's one of the biggest criticisms for sure. And it's interesting because I I got a lot of responses to that tweet of what people would like. Um, And I think, you know, generally the consensus was like, keep the specs the same, like you said, Nathy, replace the headset with a better head strap, uh, the head strap with a better head strap and uh, some built-in audio that was a better solution Mm. and also include a link cable in the box. And that could be like an Oculus Quest Pro. Um, For me though, you know, personally, I would just like it to be that little bit faster processor inside, maybe the 855 or the XR2 that we we talked about uh, on a previous episode of the show. It can always be faster, but I'd, I'd again, like I'd be happy indeed with a more comfortable version. Yeah. Um, I think I, that is the major thing, and I do think that Oculus is gonna. Yeah. Think about the design constraints. Like, put put a design constraint here, right? Like, if you had to keep the same price tag a year on, I could see them putting the new chip in or the bump up in yeah. the chip, right? I could see them bringing some something to help the head strap situation with with it still being uh, travel friendly. Mm-hmm. What else would you want to see in that? Do you think they would touch the audio? I think they probably wouldn't. I, I would like uh, some over-the-ear headphones like the original Rift uh, or the Optional Index. accessory or... Possibly optional. I wouldn't mind it being an optional I accessory. I don't think they're going to do that because no. it's not it's not fitting their, their design. design plans, yeah. you know. But I, I don't think... Uh, well, personally, I don't want anything else. I think the Quest uh, is, is, is still good enough 
to you know be one of the best headsets in 2020. Yeah, I still I, I still think it's a great headset. Um, I just think you know that the one major criticism that keeps coming up time and time again is just it's not necessarily comfortable for long gaming no. sessions because it's quite front heavy with all the kit being in the front. Bring the weight down. Yeah, if yeah. they can do anything with the plastics, even if it's a more dare I say this fragile headset, um, but do something about the weight. If you get mm. 50 grams out of that, yeah, along with those two other bumps, and and I think. As you said, the thing that now, when you look at a Quest post-link dropping, it's weird that you have this power plug and a cable that is of the appropriate length for Link that doesn't support Link, right? So that just needs to change because it's going to be a broken expectation for a lot of people who pull it out of the box, connect it, and like, but I connected it to my PC, and for some reason it's not working. It's like, well, we never designed it that way because Link was an afterthought and yada yada. So now it just has to happen. Is there anything that they could include for hand tracking like is there anything that brings hand tracking to another level um just more experiences and reasons to use it and i guess like yeah, software, uh, right? horizons more. horizon will probably be the big one from them um we've got elixir which is coming which is a game that was demoed at oc6 i didn't sadly get to play um which is a spell casting kind of potion mixing game that uses hand tracking but um yeah. You know, I guess more uh, developers will be including it, like Richie's Plank experience, like we talked about on last yeah. week's show. I yeah. think we'll see more of that. Yeah, yeah. They, they they made some big like bets on Facebook Horizon. I feel like they 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 have high expectations. Like l- lately, I watched the trailer again that they showed at Oculus Connect, and it's mm-hmm. like the average Joe playing with VR, not not like the audience I would see playing Facebook Horizon, to be honest. But it's uh, it's interesting what what they're going to do with that. Uh-huh. I'd be interested if they would actually release it. I know it sounds weird if they would release controllers for hand tracking, like some kind of like way that you know the controllers are there on your hands, but you get some f- form of feedback. For example, when you close them, mm-hmm. uh, in order to get more of a of a tactile response to it. I'm with it you. It doesn't on, have to be a full full on controller like you know like the, the Oculus Touch controllers, mm-hmm. but indeed like some kind of sensation. That is being transported to your to your fingertips or to your hand. Or I, yeah, exactly. I get the feeling that the Oculus wouldn't do this themselves, but a third party probably would try something the, like this. Maybe the difficulty True. is hand sizes, right? I mean, just yeah. by design, like, what are you going to do? Unless you've got something that's like, and this is going to be weird, right? Finger cups or something mm. <laughs> like that would be finger cups. Finger cups, and then how do you power them or how do you give mm-hmm. that feedback? Not an easy solution, I think, mm-hmm. and probably not one that Oculus are going to jump on right now. Yeah. Not in twenty twenty. So, so, so I don't know if this was on your list, Mike, but we're talking about standalone, and standalone is the way forward. But PC VR, yeah, like, I don't know. Like yeah. last year, Oculus Rift S, yeah, okay, okay, was fun, but it wasn't, uh, let's say, mind blowing in in any way. I thought that PC VR in that sense was a little bit, uh, you know, uh, it left in the dark. In the shadows, yeah, you know? and, and and I hope that the success of Quest hasn't stopped Facebook from focusing on PC VR because That's that is a concern of everyone, I think, yeah. yeah. But yeah, I would like to see uh, OC7, uh, a Rift 2 announced, uh, a, a true successor to the Rift, and maybe that incorporates some of the Half Dome um, mm. stuff that we've seen, like with very focal displays, because yeah. I think that could be revolutionary you know that could that could really change the game again and it could give them something that is completely unique to them so so in your opinion the rift s wasn't the successor to the rift no. cv1 they even said that themselves no it was def- definitely a stop was an gap. update that was overdue yeah it was Those a stop gap. literal words yeah, yeah definitely and I, I i would like to i would like to think that the rift 2 will be designed and made in-house by oculus not 
passed off to a third party like the Rift S was with the Lenovo. I still think the Rift S is a great headset, by the way. I'm not knocking it, but I do think that, you know, certainly the products that they develop in-house tends to get more of their attention than mm-hmm. others. I, 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 I also mean, it's wonder, still my daily driver, so yeah. I use it for everything. Yeah, I, I use yeah, it all I, the time. It's a it's a beautiful panel, and from the moment we tried it at PAX, I was like, oh my god! When you see Stormland or Asgard's in it, and you're just like, this marriage is just gorgeous. I mean, again, it was my daily driver until the Quest became so free. Um, but for me, I think Rift Two is not going to happen at this stage, and the reason I say that is more related to the advertising side of Facebook. Mm-hmm. Like right now, d- data aggregation and being able to get convert as many people, uh, make the headset fully accessible, that's got to be the, the, the driving force behind the ship right mm-hmm. now. Yeah. And so I think, you know, I, I still think that they're going to feed, they're going to find a way to feed the lower end of the scale and keep chopping numbers. I wouldn't be surprised if we saw, and this is one of the things I want in 2020, is, uh, is Oculus Go priced at $99. I'd mm. really like to see that. And a lot of people, um, like Ian uh, <laughs> from Upload, who keeps talking about the Go, like I, I think that some people don't understand what sells headsets. And one of the things that we got in the polls before, and I'll just touch on it very briefly, is like, like the adult film industry is a big deal. We see it with the VR Kenoja we saw on the stack last time, but... Like that kind of a headset for things like, yeah, porn and poker and those simple applications where yeah. you just want to entertainment, watch where you just want to watch a yeah. film. Yep. To get into VR for a hundred bucks and decent VR with a great software library that then hooks you into an ecosystem that mm. later you're going to upgrade and go, oh, now I get Quest 2 or whatever. Mm-hmm. That has to be the way that they're going. Um, either that or you undercut the price of the Quest to the point where... Nobody else. I mean, it's already there. It We've already, already got the, yeah. the competition problem. Yeah, the, the, the go, they're the going to go, try to make it worse. The, the, the go proof that that low end is 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 enough to sell VR to people. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't it, need it to, be to be six price right. It, it can be that's three dollars. And that's what Facebook understands very well. If it's yeah. priced right, then people will will buy it, even if it's a little bit less good, even if it's not the the best kind of uh, uh, what is out there. But if it's priced well, and I think that Paul Malucky himself even did a did a blog post on that, on like you know, in order to make VR adapted, it needs to be in order to to have a certain price range. And even if it's free, he said it's not going to get mass adoption because you know the incentive is not mm-hmm. there. But how do you get incentive is by reducing the price and making the experience very cunning and very gripping so that everybody wants it and everybody eventually mm. gets it. Yeah, yeah. It's a very smart way of doing it. Okay, so, uh, you know, dropping the price of the Go would be a smart move as well. Um, but maybe, so we don't think there'll be, a, a, there might be an iteration of the Quest potentially maybe in the future, but not anytime soon. Potentially Rift S announced at OC7, but we're thinking unlikely maybe. I think also, no. I, okay. I think that only the very focal lenses will be, although a great improvement, I don't think it's enough yeah. um, to make a new headset because I think that those kind of things will more uh, uh, like impact like... like um, business? What would I say? Like, like, yeah, business and tracking and that, of course. But I mean, like in terms of like how heavy it is on a, on a PC, I mm-hmm. think those kind of things can benefit from that. Uh, that you can make something that wouldn't run before and it would be able to run it now, but only very focal lenses will again. I I, I don't I don't know if that will be enough of a of a of a step forward. Okay, I, so, I wonder. You know our analogy earlier when we were talking about 
Oculus is kind of Apple. What if they start getting into the annual cycle that Apple does, which is just bump the basic specs and mm-hmm. release another model, mm-hmm. you know? Like you go from Go to Go 2, oh, you go from Quest to Quest 2, and you're just bumping better resolution, better battery, more comfort, you know, oh, and you just start hammering on that. I mean, is that not an upgrade cycle loop that makes sense for consumers? Later down the road, for sure. I mean, it's the same with phones, TVs, everything. If, if the updates stop, a device become unusable. So you can kind of force people into, you know, buying the next headset. But right now, it's too early. They're still trying to win over people to become a part of their big community. Yeah, the like that's the thing. It's not, it's for them, it's like yeah. having users, having them use mm-hmm. their devices as much as they can. And it's not so much about, yeah. hey, uh, next headset. It's like, will they stay with the headset right now? I think they're doing a lot of research on hey, what's the state of the market now and how can we mm. monopolize on that for the future? Yeah. But It's just kind of weird because we because were talking about this element of things. My brain just turned to, like, would I be willing to buy a Go? Let, let's say there was an upgraded version of the Go for $150, right, with, with the same panel or a better panel than maybe the Quest has that would be just specifically for focused on, like, film watching. Like, this this concept about big screen and, you know, it got me again. My, my wife and I want to now set plans, sit down, watch a big screen film. And she was the one who was like, yeah, let's give that a go. Um, ta-ha, give it a go. See what I did there? Um, but if there was an upgraded go that was, like, more comfortable for movie watching than even the Quest is... But I, I, I still personally think that six slot. degrees of freedom is, like, the minimum now. Yeah. I agree. Uh, but I think it's going to come because... You know how I think it's coming? I think it's coming with hand tracking. You're going to have a hand tracking unit... If, if, no they, controller is if, in the box. if they added a six-off Go headset um, with with hand tracking, maybe then that would be probably quite interesting. Um, God, this is we're, we're, we're really we're really but but um, this is sounding cool, man. But, this is just sounding but, cool. But yeah, so so but I I don't think three off is 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 you can't sell that anymore. I don't think. No, no, it's I think it's a dead yeah. end. I agree. But you know, I would a go to you know a stripped down version with hand tracking or something like that. Yeah, just entertainment for, only. Entertainment only. That would work for sure. Um, yeah. But let's talk about PC for VR. Education. Then. Yeah, for for education, perfect, yeah. perfect example of where that could be and training and all that. Used, yeah. yeah, that whole market. Yeah. Um, but let's talk about PC VR uh, then, because you know, let's say Oculus don't bring out another headset in twenty twenty or announce one even. Um, who will? Who do you think will come to market with a headset? Because you know, I don't think HTC are going to, uh, having just dealt with the 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 the, the Cosmos and and how that performed. Uh, we know Pimax are bringing probably a dozen more headsets throughout twenty twenty. So we'll, <laughs> Microsoft, we'll Microsoft, Microsoft could bring some more Windows MR. Yeah, so that, that, that's a good point. I think that's probably likely uh, out of the competition. I think that's probably the most likely one because it's been a long time since Windows MR launched, and yeah. we've been saying that we need a second generation Windows MR lineup for a long time. And some of them I'd like were... to see a Samsung Odyssey three, for instance. Well, exactly. That's what I would like to see. Yeah, yeah because yeah, some sure. of some of some of them that came out were actually pretty good. You know, Samsung said, Odyssey, Odyssey was brilliant. wasn't yeah. that bad. The HP Refurb was also not the worst headset ever. So yeah, there's they, not they... a Simmer headset yet. That's the thing I'm, I mean. Like th- that is a market that Pimax could have cornered, didn't successfully in my opinion. And I think Samsung did a much better job of it. Like the Samsung Odyssey or a similar Windows MR headset that's really capable mm-hmm. and like forget the controllers, like just the headset, focus on that, the fidelity, etc. Make it good for Simmers. There's a big uh, market. Well, they, for they, they definitely need some new controllers next to that as well, uh, yeah. because the yeah. ones that they had were not that great. And I think they should use the Windows Store 
more they should use it in their favor and 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 that that could definitely bring some stuff and work together with let's say uh nvidia work together with all kinds of other parties i mean windows has of course a a big lineup of of of, uh companies they work with so they could they could use that yeah, no, I totally agree. You know, uh, Windows MR headset with a, a larger tracking volume um, and, and better controllers, I think you're onto a winner there. You know, with partners such as Samsung, you know, they've already shown us in the past they can make excellent headsets. So, you know, a next-gen yeah. uh, Odyssey, I'd be totally down for. But the, the strange part is almost every Windows MR headset we have seen so far wasn't uh, necessarily focused towards the consumer. For mm-hmm. example, the HP Refurb was more a industry Business, one. Yeah, yeah uh, that's true, yeah. And so, so it, it it has never felt like a let's say a gaming device. To no, me. but I think as well, like you're right, they didn't ever push VR on their store particularly, or or no. leverage any of their huge IPs that they control, like uh, yeah. Halo or Forza or Gears, Gears. of War, yeah. uh, which they totally could have done. Um, but maybe I would love to see them do that. But then you know, seeing uh, the Xbox team's response to VR, you know, maybe that's just a general feeling amongst Microsoft. I don't really know, but I would love them to to tip their hat in the game anyway. Um, I think uh, it needs yeah. them. I, uh, PC VR, like it could also be a Razer. It could be, I don't know. It could be pretty much everyone. It could also be like, I don't know, Origin. There are so many gaming brands, but I feel like there are only a few, like a, a few that are really, you know, big in the gaming yeah. scene. It's like very minimal in that sense. But I think what's exciting right now is that because the VR industry is growing at a rapid rate, we could see a headset launch that could be the best thing ever that we don't even know about yet this year. And that's what's really exciting to me is that prospect of the unknown. Someone's working on something right now that could completely change the game or blow our minds this year that we just couldn't anticipate Uh, because that happened multiple times over the last few years. Yeah, and as Zim said, like you you can make jokes about colors and, and LED stuff, but if you see how much, for example, a Razer sold and also Logitech with their gaming line, that mm-hmm. that that works. Like if if you have a flashy thing going on, then mm-hmm. people are like, "Whoa, what is this?" Like because almost every design we have seen so far is still quite modern. And exactly, some sense. of those more like more consumer um, appetite uh, engaging headsets like there's some weird stuff like remember the, like the the bose glasses that were like audio fidelity mm-hmm. there's the uh focals by north we could really see something in a, in a lot more of a flat pack something that a consumer would pick up if they went into a sunglasses shop uh user id10t mentioned that like three off might be acceptable in that package like mm-hmm. even if you forget the ar side i think that the most compelling thing in that form factor is probably just augment my reality in other words um give me data as i'm walking down the street tell me the shop I'm supposed to go into in some kind of unobtrusive way. I'm really keen to have that, Mm. even though I'm not a glasses wearer and I don't really, I'm not that keen to kind of get to that point. Mm -hmm. Um, The whole, what was it? Snapchat spectacles or whatever, Mm -hmm. that whole thing showed that people are willing to go and buy that, that type of tech, even if it's got like small set cool features Mm -hmm. and provided it doesn't like infringe on people's bathroom privacy Mm -hmm. like the google glass that we don't make those mistakes then there might be something to bite cool okay Mm -hmm. so let's let's obviously talk about the more probably one of the most important things in vr rather than hardware and that is of course the software because without great software no one's going to buy the hardware in the first place uh and we've we've got you know a few um awesome games lined up for 2020 already half-life alex for example uh medal of honor um, but what other games that maybe haven't been announced yet or 
uh, games that have maybe just been teased that you would like to see come to fruition in in 2020? I I would say like not not a title in specific, but multiplayer co-op online. That's what needs to be focused on because More that co-op. really shows the potential yeah. VR has. I totally I'll agree. go even a little yeah. bit more specific. What I would love is... Have you guys ever played like State of Decay? Yeah. Uh, no. Uh, but, you, but you know the genre, right? Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's a zombie survival kind of game. It's fairly yeah. uh, realistic in the way that you need to... Um, you need to scavenge, but you need to also like build like bases. And I would love something like that to come in a multiplayer co-op format where mm-hmm. you need to unite, like a little bit like the forest, you know, like you need to unite and you need to scavenge. You need to go and look for resources. There's high risk, low risk. Um, you need to build a base, you know, you need mm-hmm. to make sure that everything in the base is ordered and stuff like that. I'd love something like that to hit mm. uh, a VR system. Mm. Yeah, know, I think if general. Saints and Sinners had co-op, that pretty much would be that game. Um, yeah. It, yeah. They'd be pretty close. Yeah, it's, it's like we, we need like a living world that you that's worth coming back to, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a bit what we have seen with some folks that play VR chat. You know, they have a lot of friends in that in that app. They They have their own worlds. They hang out there, but it seems to be... For for a specific uh, audience in that sense, but uh, oh. yeah, there is nothing that that I like even in twenty nineteen where it's like wow I need to go back into that online game with a friend like come online because we got to play it again yeah uh, I just yeah I, I think that's there's, missing there are so many games as you said Saints and Sinners and then suddenly there's Medal of Honor and every time we're like hmm this could also be an online game but every time it's still a single player that yeah. gets announced there there are some things coming though so. Um, one of the things that I think is really interesting, so Sons of the Forest, so that sequel we think might come to VR. We don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, it's unlikely that Hellblade will a sequel will come because it's a Microsoft exclusive, which isn't it isn't too good. From Other Sons would be great to see uh, extension, some kind of like an expansion pack or a sequel. That is a great game. Gunfire Games did a fantastic job there. Thank you in chat for that recommendation. Um, but what obviously is, goes without saying left 4 dead yeah. vr yeah is, uh, i think that's going to be the big one right yeah. because well, what like, about what about something like world of warcraft what if blizzard come out yeah, of like left yeah. field Elder and dropped Scrolls. a a world of warcraft vr game yeah um now i i can't imagine a world where we've got half life and world of warcraft both dropping in 2020 that just like blows my mind but yeah, maybe maybe anything's possible. Or yeah. some of the Blizzard IPs like StarCraft, you know, like um, an Please RTS uh, game where you can overlook the battlefield. You know, that's really an underused genre in VR that yeah, works very. incredibly well. Like Brass Tactics was a great game, uh, yeah. and um, even cool. before that, there was a twin stick shooter. I think it was made by Forcefield. I can't remember what it's called now, but that was also really cool as well. Landfall. VR- Landfall. Oh, Landfall was yeah. kind of neat. There's actually been, as you say, I think underused is the best term for that strategy category yes, right now. Definitely. It. It it is compelling. I think they have not solved the control scheme. Yes, yeah. it can be had, it had enough to like settle down to like feel comfortable mm. at the moment for micromanagement. Yeah, and so they need to do something. And maybe, maybe a hand control game with strategy involved could do that. Yeah, yeah. you know, like yeah. you know, if, if they re uh, relaunch the Command and Conquer series in in as a VR series, like that would be just amazing. Oh my um, god, this is just a giant wet dream. This whole it is, podcast. It is. Oh my god. It is. Or or the new or the new Bioshock game that is yeah. getting developed right now as we speak. Yeah, they have some VR in mind with that too. Who knows? Yeah, absolutely. Because I'm not sure if you know, but Bioshock had a great multiplayer, mm-hmm. and if they bring that back, then. 
Overwatch, yeah. Overwatch, I think was super addicting. Like Blizzard, if Blizzard nails a online VR game, you're going to be addicted for for a couple of months for sure. That, that's true. They that's are true. so well made and so balanced out and so well thought through that like we haven't seen online games like that before. Mm. I yeah, think there is still so much that can be explored in that that genre. Imagine I if want a uh, proper, um, imagine if they made League of Legends in VR, like that would mm-hmm. literally blow the market up overnight. Even even if it was just a viewer, yeah. Even if they did what they did for that other, I think Dota, they did it for Dota. Dota, too. yeah, yeah Dota had watch, a viewer uh, where you could watch yeah. matches yeah. in VR. I think that would be really smart for them to do. Um, I I would oh, I don't know. There's just so much. There's so much that's out there that's like. I had an idea and then it slipped my the, mind the, again. There's one thing since we, I mean, we're talking about software in general. Mm-hmm. And we actually already touched upon this a little bit uh, during the uh, uh, during the podcast. And also, uh, we know that Facebook is working on this. I would love to get my entire work environment into virtual reality. Mm-hmm. From like editing a video up until gaming on a 2D screen, up until watching a movie, up until coding, up mm. until doing everything what I do regularly on my computer. Until doing a podcast, we're all just here with our yeah, headsets on. Yeah, literally like bringing that all in. Uh, like we, we discussed like the Logitech bridge for, for a, a small moment there as well. I would love to have something like that, you know, to, mm. more peripherals to draw me into VR. So mm. I have a, a more optimized workflow. And we know that Facebook is working on this because they introduced that on the OC on OC6 as well, that they want to make a better work environment where you have all of these kind of tools. I would love something like that to actually arrive in 2020 Yeah, that it will improve my work environment. Yeah, yeah that's a good point. Software-wise, ah. I think that Steam VR and also Oculus Dash could use an overhaul. Mm-hmm. I think they, I just want a tick mark that says disable. disable. Just the same way they did for Oculus Home, I don't want it. Mm-hmm. I, I, did, I don't want to interact with it. I want... To just have bare bones launch into a game, honestly, as an as an option, because when you're trying to get the most out of a single system, it's one of those things that's costing you five to ten percent of your CPU. I just no. don't. Well, need it. honestly, if 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 I use my 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 Rift or my Index, the only thing I go to is library launch game, and that's it. Exactly. All those other yeah. features they have, all those things you can unlock or whatever. I don't care. I just want to play the game and yeah. I just want to get into it done. And I don't want to have all that other hassle around me. It's too much. I just want it to be very simple. The other thing, the other thing, uh, software wise, and I know this is kind of a funny one. It's kind of boring, like, like Rowdy's uh, workflow recommendation is um, just creator tools that work well. I want anyone to be able to, at high fidelity, maximum FPS, output, recordings yeah. from their quest yeah and today you cannot do that and it's not in an easy flow factor and it, it's not right that just people who have the time and the setup and the energy to be able to share something along the lines of of a share button mm-hmm. and 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 that casting mechanism yeah. being integrated with some of the major platforms yeah. whether it be you know youtube or mixer yeah. or twitch or whatever um, or facebook gaming sorry <laughs> that that is a, literally a one button push uh, to be able to stream and share content. And yeah. I think it will help to, it should be integrated with the store in the same way that Steam does it now mm-hmm. so that you're actually able to promote games. I think developers will see additional sales, yes. be able to communicate their updates better. There's a number of wins that there they is. should consider. The, the, the way PlayStation did that, not not with the VR part of their you know company, but with just the pancake yeah. section, you could right. just use your, um, what was it, like uh, your camera, your PlayStation mm-hmm. camera, use it as a face cam, and it just 
uh, told you like, hey, you want to have the face cam in the left corner, right corner, mm -hmm. uh, you want to have the game in there, and what kind of frame rate, etc. Upload to YouTube, done. Um, no, I totally agree. I totally agree. And and this this is something that has been going on for for a while. And it seems like every year a new headset comes out, it becomes more complicated or yeah. harder to do. And for us, that's super frustrating because we have explained many times before what we need what we want but no one seems to to be you know delivering that uh, as mike said before with aspire one for example you know you go you go to a trade show and you try the game there and they're like okay what uh, what field of view do you want and and how smooth do you want the camera to be that's what i want that's what i yeah. want with every game and seriously there have been games that i just left uh just untouched because i was like it's too much of a hassle to record. Yeah. It's too or the much. output just doesn't look good enough. Uh, it, it, you know, and I've done the same skip past the game because of that very reason. I think it's a yeah. really valid point. Um, but even Valve, you know, they can't make it work necessarily that well with the the index because they have this kind of like half and half eye view, which kind of transitions over with this blur line in the middle, which doesn't look great in my opinion. But definitely a standard uh, of outputting VR would definitely be beneficial to everyone. But for I me, the only headset totally that has been great, or two actually, was the PlayStation VR with its output from your capture card, although mm -hmm. it's still very complicated to, to get an output and upload mm -hmm. it. And and the Oculus Rift CV1 was also yep. fine. I had no no problems with that until yep. you know they started introducing the touch controls. Then suddenly... But that's that's just a YouTube story for yeah. your time. You but, YouTubers, yeah. what more do you want oh, from life? God. God, you millennials. Um, yeah. But the last thing I want to touch on before we sort of wrap up the show, because we're going on a little bit now, uh, is um, local multiplayer quest games. I would love to Ugh. see this in 2020. Awesome. Local multiplayer running Gouch. off of Wi-Fi? Uh, so what, what we saw at OC6, um, or no, uh, OC5 wasn't it was the Dead and Buried Arena demo where you could play locally uh, quest games with other players in the same environment and then we saw shortly after that the, the guys at I Illusions announced that they were working on Space Pirate Arena That's which right. is again uh, a local quest multiplayer game where you play in an arena together with your friends and they were saying you know you could run this off um, a server you would need to use some sort of device as a server but you could use your mobile phone as mm. the server to host this uh, local multiplayer player event so they're obviously working right now you know at OC6 they were still negotiating with Oculus how to bring this to market um, but they were definitely uh, aiming at consumers rather than uh, like arcades so hopefully we see them crack this and and make it work so then we can all just grab our quest mm -hmm. with our friends meet up at a local tennis court basketball court yeah. and play local multiplayer games together and I think that would even accelerate the quest to an even yeah. further level uh, away from the competition. Yeah, right now, like I, I sometimes do that where people come over and I have I have two quests myself. So you could play Spart Scramble, but it's still a lot of work to get people playing together. If it would be a game like Akron, where it's super easy mm. to connect and you're you're in there, bam, uh, that would be super nice for sure. I, I totally agree with you, um, and and it shows so much more of of the quest than like. If we look at what came out on the quest so far, it has been mainly single player. Well, uh, mm -hmm. um, socially, it's it's a super fun headset to share with yeah. others, and I I, I feel like we haven't shared our HMD enough mm. with others just yet. Yeah, exactly. And what if um, obviously now Beat Saber is owned by Facebook? What if they brought out a local multiplayer 
uh, dem like experience where you could you could play Beat Saber together, see mm-hmm. each other score, but also be in the same room together with this low latency connection. Yeah, exactly. Like 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 an extension to their existing party mode, mm-hmm. which I've I've done that. We've done a a party with Beat Saber, and it's awesome. Yeah. And it's the trouble is you get into that mix of like <laughs> of competitive um, exercise, which is both good and bad. Good. Bad when testosterone kicks in and you're like, no, I'm going to be alpha male, not you. Yeah. And sometimes that's an alpha female, and she's ten times better than you at Beat Saber, it, and uh, you keep trying. But it, it, work. it just says enough that half plus half was one of the the highlights of 2019 in terms of uh, online play of like you know uh, playing Multi something play. together. Yeah. Uh, and, and besides that, yeah, I don't yeah. know. I don't yeah. Know. The, Exactly. I think the shooters have had a solid kind of resurgence this year. The kind of updates that we've seen to Pavlov onward contractors have yeah, been yeah, yeah, pretty good. And I feel like that. esports is, uh, yeah, I know. I mean, it's the thing is, it went through like in particularly 2018 was like a, uh, oh god, mm. maybe it's on a lifeline. Is this going to survive? You know, I wasn't sure, so sure that esports was going to not have like a couple of years where, like Atlantis, it went under the ocean. And then it came back later. So I'm glad they've actually managed to keep the head above the water and actually keep floating. Because I think now, as this cements, it's going to... With things like mobile Pavlov and stuff, it's just going to it's gonna start to take off. Yeah. But I'd love to see um, some kind of like a room escape type game. I know, Mike, you were talking about kind of horror stuff and that. But um, I'd love to see something that's multiplayer in the same space with that, that almost like awesome. a void, void type experience that would be awesome. but where yeah. the headsets are aware of each other's positions so you've got some kind of yeah. uh, guardian boundary that looks like a stationary boundary that yeah. if you get too close it's like your yeah. force fields are conflicting mm-hmm. yeah. but that would be awesome in just like a like a warehouse or something so developers getting together with a bit of real estate and just doing that in a multi-story building god how immersed would you be like that would be amazing i would be all for that um what about the chat what do they have they got any good suggestions stuff that they're hyped about uh maybe i can just sort of remind everyone of the show times um whilst you sort of scroll through the chat and find some good ones um but just a reminder this is a weekly vr ar and mr talk show live streamed every saturday on youtube facebook and on twitch uh we use a restream.io to make all this possible by the way to stream to multiple platforms all at the same time so if you're interested in doing a similar multicast stream yourself, go and check out Restream.io. Um, you can also check out the show actually in VR, which is pretty crazy, using big screen TV. Go and sit in a room with eight other people, discuss the show as you watch it together in a VR room. Uh, really cool way to watch the show. Uh, the show goes live at 7pm in Europe, 6pm in the UK and 12 midday in Central US. You can also check out the audio version which uh, Rowdy works incredibly hard on to make it sound really awesome uh, and that's available on iTunes, SoundCloud and on Spotify so mm-hmm. go and check that out on your weekly commute so you can catch up with all the news. You know Mike, I don't want to put some pressure on your shoulders but I'm going to do it anyways. You know like for a fact that this show is almost one of the longest running podcasts VR wise yeah almost and almost like you you can how many how many more so i think i think um if we get to over to uh, over 130 i think we're then the longest running multicasted one there are other vr podcasts out there mm. like kent by who's running been running yeah. forever um but in terms of like four people doing a, a youtube one and like well, a, we're talking about four humans i mean four, he, four he's four an android humans? he doesn't four, count four people doing like mike a, is a droid we know well, that right? yeah, so we know that. three humans and a droid yeah, and a machine okay, yeah then yeah so after we got over 130 episodes i think we're the longest running multicasted podcast vr podcast for sure yeah 
which is pretty crazy. That's impressive. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why you should like this one uh, right now and also subscribe to the channel. Doing Nathie's job here. Stealing the spotlight. Yes. I almost forgot. Watto is 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 surely um, looking for your love or or something. I think he's uh, seeing the attention going to uh, Dave the Psycho and and, and getting a little <laughs> snarky. And he says, "Will Nathie's Christmas tree still be up in three weeks' time?" I think so. When I come back, it's still, it's still, still going to be there. Yeah, yeah. Because you're flying out tomorrow, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm leaving tomorrow. I I, wow. I think the flight is around. I don't know. It's it's ten plus hours. That's all I know. Well, That's not too but bad. It's nice, you, it's nice to, to chill, to you know. It's yeah. nice to chill for a while, and yeah, it's gonna be great. It's gonna be very cool. Uh, I will send you a on? smoke signal from China. Uh, there was an interesting thing here on location based. Um, Jay Sheps uh, from Chat says, "I work at a VR arcade. There's a company here in New Zealand. Uh, thanks for watching from New Zealand, by the way, mm. <laughs> on the other side of the planet, that has made a location based experience multiplayer game with the Quest. I think it's called Oddball." Uh, from beyond VR Wellington, trying to license it for the arcade. That's nice. an interesting one. Yeah. I mean, devs are already starting to do this kind of sure. thing, but you know what I want? I want to see something hit SideQuest yeah. that we can play with. Like yeah. just anything. It can be rough, just like devs, come on. There you go. Just... Space Pirate Arena. Let's see you on SideQuest so we can all play it and hype it up for you. <laughs> yeah. Or that other one they did. They were like driving a little cart the, and the they Mario had like Kart a thing? VR oh my God. experience. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if you, if you want to go and check that out, you need to follow Eye Illusions on Twitter. Scroll back like maybe, you know, eight months. You'll see a clip of them riding around yeah, in a go-kart yeah, yeah. with a, a quest on. Really, really cool. Um, but yeah, so obviously because Nathie's heading off to China uh, tomorrow, we're going to try and get some guests on the show because that was one of the big feedback uh, things you highlighted on last week when we opened it up to you to give us feedback. So uh, we've, we're trying to line up a couple of guests right now. So uh, hopefully we'll have some interesting people on, on the show over the next couple of weeks. So stay tuned for that. But uh, unless anyone's got any questions, I'll start sort of wrapping it up. There's there's an amazing idea here um, in chat. D1360VR says, T for God, location-based arena. Yeah, with that either sing, single player, or multiplayer, that would be yeah, with the so Euclidean neat. spaces, you know, where they sort of make you. It feels like you're traversing through like a big warehouse, but you're basically doing like little figures of eights and spinning around in circles. They could really play that, and I'll just plug real quick for any racers out there because I saw a bunch of you going on about it earlier. Uh, tomorrow we're doing a big race, eight p.m. UK time. So of course, so we do it monthly. No, you're racer. not, Zim. You're not. You're gonna. You're gonna do the labyrinth uh, that Mike did. You're gonna do that one. Yeah. I'm gonna do that one <laughs> the instead. Last labyrinth. I, yeah. I will do that. Actually, I wrote it down. When I write it down, it happens. So yeah, I think you'll have fun on stream with that one. Yeah, the the train puzzle might be a bit frustrating, so maybe do that before stream. But the rest are pretty uh, straightforward. Oh no, they, they they only tune in for the frustration, Mike. That's the whole point. <laughs> okay. Do, remember Gadgeteer. <laughs> yeah. They 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 love the, your pain. <laughs> oh where all the gray comes from anyway this has been a fun one yes uh this has been like dreamland this uh this it podcast. has it has so let us know if you've enjoyed it in the comments uh if you're watching after the fact hope you enjoyed the audio version as well uh like i said we'll be back next week with maybe a special guest on the show so make sure you stay tuned for that and with all the news obviously from ces which is going to be super exciting so uh, yeah. we'll deliver all the big news from that show on next week's episode so until then and safe travels nathy yeah Thank you. safe travels yeah. nathy have a great time see in you China. in two weeks <laughs> Have a great week in VR. <laughs> Take care and bye-bye for now. See you later. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.